Shay. Tapped in with Mike, got the old school hit. Sliding down High Street in Oakland and shit. Saw my old game, so I stopped and waved. Damn, I ain't seen this bitch in days. Car wash pimping, I'm Mackin' son. Every time you see me, I'm stacking son. I gotta stay healthy on the bitch. Moving, grooving on my shit. Re rock, flip a lot. Moving with a six shot. Bought it how I wanted, so I went and kept the whip stock. Ball a nigga, no, you not. Nigga, use a mark. Yo, 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 what's going on, sports family, man? And we back again with another episode of Micah and Friends, man. Today, we got some special guests in the building again, man. We got Cot in the building, Jay Cot checking all the way in from Maryland. What's up, family? Man, what's going on with it, man? We got we got Nate checking in all the way from L.A., keeping us, you know what I'm saying, all together out there. And Cali, man, he said the West Coast, the best coast, you feel me? Talking about me here another for sure. Then we got a, our, our new guest in here, man, today, man. We got Chris, man. I'm going to let him introduce himself, bro. Yo, what's good, man? What's good, everybody? Thanks for having me. Yo, Chris from Chicago. Went to Howard University. Yo, man, I'm out here, man. So, as I said, thanks for having me. Let's get some good conversation going. For sure, man. We're going to get it going real quick. Let's pay the bills, man. Small businesses, big businesses, man. If you want to take your business to the next level, make sure you reach out to the Grind Magazine. They could build a marketing campaign from your for your business from the ground up, and they could put you in front of the culture the uh, correct way you need to be. So make sure you go over there and check them guys out out over there. Um, check Kevin out. Tell him we said what up. Tell everybody, you know what I'm saying? Mess with your boys. <laughs> but no, nah, to get it going, man, I just want to uh, start it off. Just by, because um, the, the playoffs are coming back in about a month and a half, and I want to get you all, get you all's opinion on who has the most pressure on them. So I'm going to start off with Nate. Who has the most pressure on them in this playoffs, man? I think, I mean, obviously we could go the LeBron route, but I think more so I'd say Giannis or Jay Harden. Because, you know, Giannis last year, you get the MVP – um, you go out in six, you lose four straight games to Kawhi. Kawhi's not there no more. Mm -hmm. Best team in the league. You know, you rolling right now. Like, everybody want to see him in the finals. Like, yeah. LeBron doesn't get there if he does. You know, it's like, whatever. It's it's more of, what, more of the same what we've seen from LeBron. But mm -hmm. to be honest, like, we want to see him get to that next tier. And for me, I just don't want to see James Harden fold again. Like, you know, it's, it's multiple years in a row. We just seen him fold and fold and fold. Yeah. So I'd rather, I, I, you know, if he can do it, you know, see, this is the team that he likes, supposedly, like, this is what he said, they, you know, they had to do. They got Russell Rushbrook mm -hmm. running the small ball offense. So, you know, everybody's skeptical about it. So, I think he got a lot of pressure to perform well. That doesn't mean he needs to have a championship, per se, but, you know, he needs to go out there and show out this this uh these playoffs, I think. For sure, right, Kyle. What, what's your what, what's your opinion on that, man? Who you think is under the most pressure right now when the playoffs uh, come back? So obviously, it's always LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? He he said he's had that weight on his shoulders. I mean, his entire career. I don't think anything has changed this year. Mm -hmm. um, with the passing of Kobe Bryant, the Lakers fans, it's just like a lot of built up animosity um, and expectation with, with LeBron and Lakers. So. I'm gonna go them number one and number two. I'm gonna go Philly. I think Philly has Philly has been together for a couple I years. Think about that one. <laughs> and the general manager. I mean, I've already heard talks that they're they're thinking about splitting them up. Don't know whether Ben Simmons and and uh, and B can work together. So I think that they're really trying to make a push this year. And if not, um, I don't know. We can see some changes in Philadelphia. So those are my top two. Yeah, for sure. 
Man, Russ, what's your thoughts, man? Who who you think is under the most pressure uh, when the playoffs come back? I mean, undoubtedly, it's definitely the Lakers. I mean, at the end of the day, you you have LeBron. LeBron starts to end his career now. You know, he's trying to finish off what is already an amazing career. But this is like he needs to get a chip to, in, in a Lakers uniform for him to really solidify himself. He's already solidified himself, but to make him like really in talks with Michael Jordan, he needs to. He needs to get this Lakers this ring. Also, adding AD. Real, real quick, real quick. Do you think is do we think is he's too far gone to catch Jordan, or you think no. Jordan's a catchable thing for LeBron? One hundred percent catchable if he okay. hasn't caught already. And you know, at the end of the day, like <laughs> you know, what I'm saying at the end of the day, look, Michael Jordan's great. Mm-hmm. He's the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. But I think when you really encompass everything LeBron does on and off the court. Yeah, he's the greatest in in my opinion. But on the court, you know, he, he you know, I I'll, I'll definitely have that argument. And if Michael Jordan, especially after the documentary, like personally, I didn't see Michael play, mm-hmm. but after seeing the documentary, seeing mindset, seeing raw footage of that, I, made me a believer. So you know, at the end of the day, we'll you know we can go back and forth with that. But yeah. I think to get to really have talks he has to get this this ring with the lakers and yeah. i was saying how they also added ad they have the team they're there you have to get one now if you're a lakers because mm-hmm. these guys these young guys are coming Giannis is coming he's on the way he's next so mm-hmm. it's like you have to get it now if you're lebron so i think they probably have the most most pressure word with me i'm a i i had the bucks and i was just looking at it like this like how the wrong the wrong um playoffs for them could end in the whole change of landscape of the whole NBA. Cause if Giannis feels like, all right, I can't get past this hump in the East with these guys it's over with. Like I, I need to, I need to go somewhere else. I feel like guys are already, well, we already know guys are cool with teaming up and I didn't, I didn't take Giannis as that type of guy. Cause he always talked against it. But I mean, once you keep playing and, you know, it, it gets a point in time once all these personal and self-accolades don't weigh up to that hardware, you know what I'm saying? And guys want that hardware to go along with their legacy. And I could see him leaving if things don't play out the right way, how they're supposed to. Like, I don't know if he's going to keep wanting to wake up in Miami and keep getting it done with Chris Middleton and uh, Drew Bledsoe and guys like that. Maybe he wants to be out there in Oakland with uh Curry and uh Clay. You know, you never know. So cause that it was talks around that. So I definitely had that being like one of the biggest uh threats going into this playoffs. If if things don't work out for for uh Milwaukee, I could see him walking. You feel me? I mean, Not- I mean, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. But I mean at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. I feel like with the how the league is now, you need two stars to win. And Milwaukee mm-hmm. does not have two stars. Giannis is not going to win in Milwaukee by himself. Yeah. Like I don't care how well they do in a regular you season. You got a superstar and an all star, and, and, and Chris and Chris Middleton, but he's you know, yeah, like he an all star in the East. In the East, I can't hear you. They got they got great pieces though, because like you know, last year with uh Kawhi, like I wouldn't have considered um Pascal superstars, but they got really, really solid players, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All it takes is one injury on us on somebody else's end. If the Lakers, if one of them gets injured between LeBron or AD, you can't expect them to win the chip. Or for the Clippers, you feel me? Like if mm-hmm. Kawhi or PG go down, then you feel me, a, a guy like Giannis with a team like Chris and all that size that they have, Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, 
You got mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe, Wesley Matthews. Like, they got some solid pieces. Yeah. And that's why I would say they probably have the most pressure. I mean, the Lakers, you know, it being Los Angeles, you know, obviously Kobe passing RIP, um, LeBron and AD. But the thing is, they have security. So, like, even if they don't win this year, you know, LeBron's still going to be there for another two, three years at mm-hmm. minimum. AD, I'm pretty sure he's going to resign. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're a pretty new team. Like, the Bucks, they've tried this already. So, if it don't work this year, like you said, like, it could blow up in their faces. But to Justin's point, when you brought up uh, the Sixers, that's another mm-hmm. – that's the exact same situation. Like, we could see Ben Simmons getting traded or Joel Embiid just off the sole fact that, like, all right, this is not going to work. Like, the spacing isn't going to work. We clearly can't build around these two as a core. So, yeah. I think most pressure goes to the teams that have the most to lose in terms of, of players and consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, another good thing, too, that's, that's uh, coming down the line is – you know, these contracts in 2021, the free agency pool in 2021 is, is like, it's pretty much everybody's a free agent. You feel me? So you don't want to be able like teams, at, if teams lose this year, I don't want them to hold, like say if the, the 76ers lose this year, they got to get rid of either Ben Simmons or Embiid, you feel me? Due to the fact of if they don't and they sit around and try to wait too long, one of them or both of them are going to walk for nothing in return. You feel me? And I don't, I know they not. I know uh, GMs and stuff like that aren't gonna let that happen. But I mean, it's it's just it's a threat, you know. what I'm saying down the line that could potentially happen. Definitely a viable feature. Definitely. Um, if y'all had the option, who would you keep, Ben or, or Embiid? I would say Embiid, bro. Even though he's more injury prone, I feel like I would keep Embiid. You feel me? I, I feel like you could plug. I feel like you could put in another uh, point guard. You feel me? I don't want to just act like Ben Simmons ain't shit, but I mean, you, I feel like you could put in another point guard, you know? At, at the end of the day, That's Ben Simmons, like, doesn't shoot. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, you're you're not a threat from beyond the paint, so it's like, you're replaceable, unfortunately. How, like, long, even if you, how long he technically been in the league? It's probably like three or four, well, three years, four years, he played the first this one. Third season. This is third season, and made, what, one or two threes? Yeah. Like, bro, come on! You gotta shoot. You gotta make people respect you a little bit for to sure. open up yeah. for your team. You do got a factor, and he's still six ten, so he it, can yeah, dominate right. that area. I mean, I just don't think. I think Ben Simmons is a super talented player. It's just the Sixers might not be the fit because you have such a dominant force like Embiid down there. Um, they they kind of revolve around the same areas in the court. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I personally think it could work. Um, yeah, I personally think it could work if if they get, you know what I'm saying? Like, if Ben can develop, like, a even just a slight jump where they can, well, they sort of kind of respect it, you know Some, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, respectable. I, you have, but you have to respect it. That, that's the that only way. You open up the floor, in my opinion. You know, you have to have some shooters, mm-hmm. obviously. So, you know, they have some shooters. They have, who do they have? Uh, they let go of Reddick. They have Richardson. Um, I'm going to let Nate get in here. Fork and Kukmaz. They got some shooters. But, like, you know, I used to think, well, like, before this season, I was thinking it was very cut and dry. Like, if you had to choose between Joel and Ben, then you definitely choose Joel. But as the season progressed, even though he can't shoot, the ability for him to change the game, like, I feel like he, like, when he changes the game, it's looking a different way that Joel does. Like, Joel, he slows up the tempo, like, which for modern-day basketball – isn't necessarily the best thing. Like if Ben Simmons were to go play yeah. with somebody that was a sniper, 
like like uh Damian Lillard, like another point guard that can handle the ball, but also really fill it up. And then you got some shooters around him with a big that's like not necessarily completely back to the basket and got to feed him. Like Joel is a traditional big man. Yeah. We talked about this like last week. Like, do we see a traditional big man leading a team to a title? Yeah. Hey, Nate, Nate, real nah, quick, yeah, just, right. just to uh, add to your point, one of the potential destinations, and the same as Giannis, is Golden State for Ben Simmons. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I feel like you you uh, right up, you in the right alley saying if you put him around some some pure shooters, you know what I'm saying, that's other guards, he'll be all right. But, yeah. Hey, I, think, I think if you replace Ben Simmons with Draymond Green, that's a that's – a, That'd be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a perfect fit for him. You know, Draymond ain't walking, bro. But I mean, if I'm, I mean, business is business. If I'm that GM and that offer comes to the table, I might got to do that one. For sure. So are you? So so let's say Ben Simmons hypothetically does go to Golden State. Are you taking the ball out of Steph Curry's hands a little bit and letting him play more than two? Or you offense currently? Steph Curry plays off the ball a lot. He runs off. Triple screens like Draymond Green. What makes him so effective is that um, mm-hmm. you can take Curry and Clay off the ball and have that guy yeah. who can still make the right play. And Clay don't yeah. need the ball either, like you said, yeah. bro. Like when he dropped that sixty, he only had the yeah. ball for ninety seconds of the game right. off eleven yeah. dribbles. You feel 11 me? Eleven dribbles, like, man. Right. These niggas don't need the ball. You feel me? So I may be having for Ben Simmons for real because I feel like. I don't know what it is, but a lot of guys just want to race out to Cali. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like no matter where they at in Cali, they, I, I, as long as I'm in Cali, I'm him. good. I don't blame him. <laughs> said, I don't blame him. I feel I, you. Hey, look, I don't blame him either. But Ben Simmons, he's starting to develop into an elite defender too. That's one thing that, yeah. like, you know, he's 6'10", but can defend one through five. Like, legit defend yeah. one through five. Like, there's, there's been people we said that about before. Like, people say that about Draymond. But realistically, he's not really quick enough to stick with the quicker guards. Like, he can yeah. have a few good possessions. But Ben Simmons, he legit can do it, like, all on every position. Like, he's quick enough to hang with some of the smaller guards. Mm-hmm. He's strong enough to bang with someone like the modern centers. But, I mean, it's hard for me to just take him over Joel because Joel is so dominant. But like you said, the injury concerns are a little – like, he gets nicked and knacked and, like, small little bruises and injuries a lot of the time. And I don't know if I could rely on him to build my franchise around considering like he's missed multiple seasons and then when he comes back he can't really play a full season like you mm-hmm. know I don't I don't know if I could trust that injury history I feel you that, that's facts man just to keep moving forward uh we we spoke about Drew Brees a lot last week and um with his comments on everything uh I want to get it started off with um with you Nate just to get your reaction to uh his apology him him um talking well i guess confronting the president or whatever so i'm gonna let you have the floor and uh share your thoughts i know last week we was talking a big about like you know f drew Brees to an extent um which you know we were right to because his comments about the flag they were just very like not timed well you know very untimely for what's going on but i think what we do need to learn is like african-americans is that you know when somebody admits they're wrong you know even if it in Drew Brees' case, I don't think it's phony because, like, I don't have no other evidence of him being a racist. And, like, his teammates will even say – they've even come out and said stuff like that. But, you know, so when people admit that they're wrong and try to have a change of heart, we should allow them to tra- have a change of heart. So I don't want to be too skeptical on him because besides this, I don't really have too much other evidence that Drew Brees is a bad guy or anything like that or means harm. So, you know, 
I kind of, if he wants to be an ally now, then allow him to be an ally. He got a big platform. However, yeah. he just, he's just on a short leash. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't come out and change this shit ever again. You know, mm-hmm. don't, ever, don't ever disrespect the movement and what we're doing right now ever again. Yeah. He's on, on his apology, and, you know, I hope I hope that he'll stay on and use his platform to help out. Because if he knows Trump, maybe he can get an ear to him or something like that. But, you know, just stay on this side, bro. Don't waver back and forth. If you're going to change to this side, you know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. stick on our side and fight, and fight for the same shit we fighting for. That's how I feel. Just to, just to get in on it real quick. You know, I, I like you said, I if somebody apologizes and they know, you know, what I'm saying they wrongs and and, be, and able to state their wrongs and, uh, you know, what I'm saying I'm I'm not mad at that, but I don't know. I just ain't like the first apology. It kind of felt like a PR stunt. You feel me? Like you went straight to the publicist, and this is what the publicist told you to post. Then that's why I feel like he just kept coming with with so much. Like I. Right. They didn't seem through the BS. Not saying that he was intentionally trying to do that, but you know what I'm saying? Because that's what people typically do. They if some if they say something controversial, they'll run to their publicist. But I feel like he's saying, like, oh man, they ain't really biting on that. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's people still out here saying otherwise. So I, I feel like like you said, man, he just gotta keep showing himself as an ally, man. And he and it I feel like it hurt us so much and people was just so thrown off by it. Because what he's done for the for the black community and everything as of now, you know what I'm saying? He was a big part of, of and uh, Katrina. He was a big part even with the with the coronavirus and stuff going on. You feel me? So it was just I felt like it just hurt, you know, just to uh, see one of the I guess the ones we seen as an ally who was really down for us get on the other side. Um, I w- I would say unconsciously now, you know what I'm saying? Since he. Um, came back and I guess righted his wrongs, but I don't know. I felt like that's why I just hit it hard, and so many people were just taken back by it, and was just uh, had so many controversial things to say about it. So, uh, Chris, let me uh, get your thoughts on everything. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's funny because it's like, okay, yeah, we know we like he's done a lot for the community, you know, for Katrina and everything. Like he definitely does, and that's known. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, we have known for the past four years since Colin Kaepernick took his knee, why he took his knee. Okay, it's literally like at this point you can't be. It's, it's not even called ignorance. Like you're, you're, you're trying to be ignorant. Like in that at that point, you know, it's like, do we still excuse this man? Like yeah. he knows that kneeling for the flag was not a direct um, hit to the army. It's yeah. literally about police brutality. We've been known that. That's something that has been publicized. Mm-hmm. And for him to come out and still say that during this time just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, how do we do we still excuse him? I mean, yeah, you know, it's great. He can be an ally and everything, you know, whatever. But, like, usually your first response is how you really feel. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and I felt like, you know, it wasn't necessarily genuine. At the end of the day, you know, he does have a PR guy that probably tells him, like, look, you need to go on and say this. You need to go denounce Trump. You need to say this. Of course he has that. But at the same time, he had that even before he made the statement. So I don't understand why you even come and do an interview like that, knowing how you really feel during a time like this, knowing when you have black teammates who help you win, who get you paid, and you're still going to come out and say that? Like, that don't make sense to me. So, you know, 
yeah, I appreciate everything he's like doing now, but you know, I, I remember that. Everybody's gonna remember that. And at the end of the day, his legacy is gonna be tarnished because of that. And it should be. And as a black community, I don't think we should necessarily, you know, forget about it, you know, whatever. He has a large platform, like Nate said. So let's use his platform. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's donating. Hopefully he's going into his pockets and paying some of, you know, double NAACP and Black Lives Matter Matter and these foundations that are supporting this cause. Like that's what he really needs to be doing. I don't care what he's saying on can't on camera. Like mm-hmm. dig into your pockets, get financial about it. If that's really what you're if just if that's really how you feel. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel on it. You know, we'll see how it goes from here, but I don't think he can really ever 100% recover from, from what he said. From what he said. Word. 100%. Kyle, what's your thoughts on everything? I mean, y'all kind of hit it on the head, man. Honestly, I mean, I feel like his first opinion is how he, when, when he answered that question on that interview, I feel like that's how he truly felt, and that's what he was raised and taught to believe. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that that's just his, built into his ideology. I don't, I don't think that he... I mean, that's what it was. But, you know, honestly, like Chris said, I think that in order to rewrite his wrongs, which I don't think will ever be forgotten by the black community, or, but I think he needs to continue to support, continue to, like like Chris said, dig into his pockets, put his money where his mouth is. You know what I'm saying? He, he does have a large platform, and I feel like a lot of people listen to him. So having him, I, I know uh, his teammate Alvin Kamara actually came out and said that, um, he forgave him, and yeah. he said that we have to educate in order to progress. Yeah. So, but I mean, even like what you said, just to uh, piggyback off what you said, um, Cot and uh, Chris, like you know, it, it just get a point in time to, and I understand that people just, especially black people, we're tired of educating. Like we're trying, we're tired of trying to educate you. On this problem, this is something you got to go and self-educate yourself about. You feel me? Because it's been we. I mean, you know, um, I wouldn't say four hundred years, but this this problem been going on for you know what I'm saying for that long, and I, I would say at least a hundred years, at least until we started trying to educate the you know what I'm saying educate them about what's going on, and they said no. You know what I'm saying? So, um. I feel everything. Like I feel like he, you know, he was still he was still probably going to take a hit to his image and everything like that. Cause, like what you said, pretty much, I kind of I kind of chalked it up. You know what they say when you know when you get to drinking, the real come out. You know what I'm saying? So when he that was the first thing he said. So I hey that was the real came out. You know so and I don't you know like I said I'm not one of them guys that just. Like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't never rock with you. If he, if he genuinely, you know what I'm saying, uh, is sorry and apologizes for what he said, I'm for it. You feel me? I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not God. I'm not the one who could tell you, you know, like, oh, you, you fuck that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just see both sides of it, but I, I definitely feel like he is going to hurt him a lot more than what, uh, than what's even happened to this point. Anybody right. else got anything on that? I will say that I'm, it was kind of more surprising that it was Drew Brees being it, though. Of course, he he is, has been in New Orleans for a majority of his career. He he has already been involved in the community. Um, he you would think a person like a guy like him um, would understand if anyone would understand. Yeah, if someone in his shoes. I mean, so for Drew Brees is that you know, like Micah said, you know, uh, actions. Well, he's kind of hinting at it earlier. Like actions speak louder than words. Like. He did say this one thing, but that was, I mean, it was very untimely and it was just wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for me to say like his entire legacy would be tarnished is difficult because 
a dude like Michael Jordan, you feel me, if you win, shit gets swept under the rug. Like, you feel me, him saying Republicans buy sneakers too when he was he was clearly referencing a very racist Republican candidate at the time. Like, you feel me, people breeze that off because of Michael Jordan. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, all the NFL players that didn't kneel with Kaepernick beforehand, should we just forgive them? Like, they saw what was going on also. Should we just forgive them for now all of a sudden? You know, like, was, should George Floyd be the tipping point? You know, Trayvon Martin should have been the tipping point. Like, we yeah. had a lot of these different incidents. You know, you've had dudes like Odell come out and speak now. Like, all these different stars in the NFL. Like, should we forgive them for being quiet about Kaepernick? Because they were extremely quiet, and those are black men. You know and that, that, so like, that's a that's a good point. keep going. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I said that's a good point. You feel me? And that um, you know, just to respond back to should you know what I'm saying a George Floyd be the tipping point? It, in all honesty, it shouldn't be. It should have. It's this problem should have been resolved. You feel me? But I'm not mad at it. You know what I'm saying? If this is the tipping point now, you know what I'm saying? Because we we need progression. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm I'm not mad at this being a tipping point, but something else should have been a tipping point. And like you said, right. the guys had an option to all these NFL players, white or black, they had an option to kneel with um with with Kaepernick in solidarity without putting a dollar up. And now, you know what I'm saying? Like, not saying that anything got to do with a dollar, but you could have done that for free. You feel me? You chose not to do it because you you could have not more peacefully. You know what I'm saying? Before yeah. all these riots and stuff happened, simply by then, taking the knee. Like, you know, but then you, you gotta you gotta realize the money, the, the money matters, but you know, if you're a star player like a Odell, or if you're a star player like, you know, all uh shit, not Kaepernick, but you know, like a Lamar Jackson, he was yeah. too young at the time for when Colin started kneeling and stuff. Yeah, like your money yeah. already guaranteed, bro. Yeah, your your owners are not going to blackball you out of the league and compromise their dollar. Like, one thing yeah. that we forget about Kaepernick, he was on the bench already. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to say he was a bad quarterback, because that's not true. Obviously, he took him to a title, but he had passed his peak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a player in football, NFL players are a lot more expendable than, like, a basketball star player. You feel me? Yeah. You have a great season one year, and then the next year, just for some reason, you're just not as good. But, sure. you know, if you're a star player in NFL, they are not going to blackball you. You feel me? And all it yeah. took was really one, and mm-hmm. nobody – Nobody know with Cap, you feel me? Like, you hear about, um, like, small-time cornerbacks or maybe DBs, you know, taking, like, stands themselves by not coming out the locker room or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's out there, you know? So, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I was, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with Nate. Like, I was just about to touch on that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to be a bench player and make a powerful statement to know that, you know, that's your check. Like, that's your yeah. bread, that's your family. If you only bring it in, you know – a million a year, two million a year, didn't finish college, don't have a degree, got kids, got a nice house, got cars. You know, you're going to think twice about losing your job. And knowing, right. you know, and that's why it's so powerful what Colin Kaepernick did because he knew the ramifications that came from it. Now, to this point, yeah, if you're a star player and you, and you're, and, and you know, like, that you cannot be blackballed because it's just too much money giving to you you represent something that, you know, Nike or something or Nike mm-hmm. athlete or whatever. Like they, they, those are the type of people with those type of platforms that we need to like kind of lead the change. Yeah. For sure. At the same point, who's to say that that's their job. Who's to say that's their, that's how who they are. Everyone is not out here to be on the front lines. You know, every, that's some people don't believe that. Some people believe that, you know, my play is leadership or, or not, you know, even, even, but, not but yeah, you're right. 
and not one. That's weird. See, that's weird. So I agree. They should have been. Somebody should have. Yeah. But just to, uh, it is. Just to, like, like you said, it, a lot of guys aren't frontline. You know what I'm saying? Who's to say that they should, you know what I'm saying, be speaking out? But I feel like if you profiting off of, you know what I'm saying, off of your people, especially if you black, you know what I'm saying, you should be able to speak on, you know what I'm saying, black topics and be able to push that agenda forward because that's what's helping you eat at night. You know what I'm saying? That's what's feeding your family. So I feel like you ultimately definitely need to, you know what I'm saying, say something. Not It don't have to be publicly. It, I wouldn't even say say something. Just do something. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's just behind closed doors, you know what I'm saying, or just doing anything, man. Like, you know, everybody don't need to say everything because talking ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, even just look what happened with Drew Brees. Talking ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Is it also... So that's the that's the that's the conflict that I have with Drew Brees. You feel me? Like he was doing shit for Katrina. He was doing shit for New Orleans during coronavirus that other black athletes in New Orleans weren't doing. Weren't doing, yeah. So now all of a sudden, one statement, I should cancel out all the solid things that he has done as a human being. Not necessarily. I should take it as a note, though. You feel me? I sure. should always remember that. I may not always, you know, I may not necessarily forgive him a hundred percent. But I should allow him to continue doing good things for the black community. You know, one right. statement should dis- disqualify him from being a good guy. And I think that's what we need to stay away from. But we yeah. should take statements like that with grains of salt, for sure. Yeah. Like, it's definitely something that should be forgotten. However, you know, we shouldn't ostracize them completely to the point they don't want to do nothing for it. Facts. Yeah. Kyle, you had something to say? Yeah, one more point on it. I will say, uh, just going back to a point I made last week, um, in order to really make a change, we need somebody of the majority to to help um, be of that to be a leader in the change. You know what I mean? Like they he a guy like Drew Brees he he reaches the majority. You know what I mean? Even if it's changing, you know what I'm saying? One one person's mentality that that helps. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like this could have been just a learning lesson for Drew Brees and mm-hmm. and actually speak louder than words like we've been saying. So. Um, I, I mean, I do. I, I personally accepted, uh, thought his apology was genuine. Um, afterwards, you know, he even wrote a, le- a letter personally to Trump. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I just think it, like it's, like I said, it, it's something that can be healed throughout time, and yeah. only only uh, actions can can heal what he what he his story is called. I hope so because you know. Drew Brees is a great guy, bro. Like, like, he hasn't bro. done anything up to this point, bro. Like he has, no, he has not a mark on his resume, bro. A bad yeah. mark. So it's like, dang, like it's kind of, like you said, it's kind of sickening that it had to be him. Yeah. If it was like some another quarterback, you know, people wouldn't bat a high. It'd be like, whatever. Would understood. Like, we 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 know how you're running, bro. Yeah. Like, Drew Brees, but you know, that's all. For sure. Just to keep moving on, man. Um, should NBA should the NBA fear that players will come back not in shape? You know what I'm saying. So what made me come up with this is what what happened with Luka Doncic and what's been going on with him in the news. They've been saying that he's been having a, a tough time staying in shape during this uh, quarantine, um, COVID stuff that's been going on. So what uh, what's your thoughts on that? I'm gonna start it off with Cot. Do you think the NBA should fear uh, players will come back not in shape, and if they do come back? If they if players do come back not in shape, um, what's like? Do you think they're what effects would that have on the playoffs? I mean, well, personally, I do think there will be some effects of sitting out for three months. Um, 
you, you know, it takes as a former athlete, it's the difference between working out and actually getting back in that game shape. Mm-hmm. Only way I can game shape is actually play games. I will say that I think that those, um, the eight game season, I will, uh, will say that I think that's going to help. So by the time playoffs comes around, um, but I don't think it'll be too big of an issue. These guys are professional athletes. So I think that, I mean, they should have been doing the due diligence and staying, trying to stay in shape the best as possible. Um, while, while during the time off. So I don't think it'll be too bad. Um, I will say that I think that the NBA should be more scared that players might not want to come back um, and play just because of the current state of the world, everything going on. Yeah. Uh, and then the rigorous time frame, uh, I think that's more of a, a threat than mm-hmm. being out of shape. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that, Nate? Uh, I think the being in shape, like I said, um, you'll never get in game shape by not playing games. So, yeah. you know, they may they may not be at 100% shape. But for me, that's kind of how I'm going to gauge how a guy been working on his off time. You feel me? Behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You could come back You could come back out of shape to a regular season. Like, Jokic came back out of shape this year, and everybody could see that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shaq, used to, Shaq used to come back from a full off season out of shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, it's if, funny you should say It's funny you say Jokic. Jokic is one of the ones that's in shape now. Like... Exactly. I seen the video yesterday. He looked smaller than what he did when he started the season, bro. Because he came back from the season. He just, you know, I guess he was kind of a little complacent. And like Chicago said, you know, it's no such thing as game shape without playing games. But, um, yeah, man, I think the team should be more so concerned about that. Yeah. Then that kind of shows you what type of what type of player you had, you know, because if you're a hooper and you know you still have a chance to win the title – you should still be doing your best to stay in shape. Like, we've known the NBA season was going to come back at some point. Everybody knew that. And we're not even, like, you know, NBA players. Like, we knew it was going to come back at some point. Yeah. You just have to – got to be tuning yourself up, keeping yourself right. Like, to say you don't have access to a gym, like, I heard that argument. I heard Giannis hadn't shot a jumper in months. I'm just like, bro, that's because he didn't want to shoot a jumper. Uh, hey, y'all need to get paid $15, 20 million. Yeah, these niggas can pay fifteen, twenty million dollars a year. You better build you a court, nigga, and it better be indoor. <laughs> you can get private access to a private workout. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you you got millions of dollars. Like, you can go to a high school, be like, look, bro, I'm a, I'm gonna pay for blah blah blah, this many tuitions or whatever. But I want private access to the gym. If nobody else gonna be using it, then why wouldn't one one or two people come in that don't have COVID like to get some work in? I don't yeah. see how that wouldn't work out. If you didn't want to make it happen, that's different. Cause if you scare for your family and stuff, which which is understandable, but like mm-hmm. I said, the best players in the league, they'll figure out a way to, they'll come back in shape. Like Kawhi, I know he'll come back in shape. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It may not be hundred percent until it's like second round of playoffs, maybe, but he'll do it like that. It'll be at least 75, 80%. Yeah, for sure. Chris, what's your thoughts on everything? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think this time really separates kind of like the workhorses and kind of just like the people who get by off straight skill. You know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's a lot of downtime. You know, people will make excuses. There's nowhere to play. There's nowhere to get better. So, you know, they at home drinking, smoking, you know, chilling. Like, they're really chilling. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some people are. Then you got, you know, you see see LeBron and him getting his team together. He getting the eyes together. But every Mm -hmm. team doesn't have a LeBron type player. Every team doesn't have a Jimmy Butler type player who's in the gym, who's working, who can lead like that. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like it's it's definitely going to be a mixture. I feel mm-hmm. like 
I feel like for the most part, I think the star players are going to come back in good shape. I would expect that, you know, being a star player. But I feel like some some of the, you know, six men and kind of the bench players and people like that or, you know, even, you know, starters who may not, you know, be star-like, star-type uh, player. Scrubs, basically, I feel like they probably took a, a good hiatus. Like, they were chilling, you mm-hmm. know? So, I don't know. But, that, but that's also, you know, that's not fair for me to say because you never know. They could be in the gym. So, I think it's really just something we have to see when the time comes. Uh, but it will be noticeable. Like, we'll be able to see for sure. So, you know, Like, um, I don't really got too much to add to that, but, like, you all pretty much covered it. And I I just feel like every guy, like Nate said, everybody knew the season was going to come back. And you had a choice of what you've done with your time, whether that was uh, you want to stay in shape or whether that was you want to sit on the couch and eat little Debbie's. That's That's the decisions that you made. And shit, come July 30th, I don't want to hear no excuses. I just want to see you play. You feel me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, You better be hooping. For sure. Or else your ass is going to get exposed. You feel me? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, when did the season stop? In March. So unless you literally weren't doing nothing for the last three months, I think that guys should still be in, you know, reasonably good shape. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So... I mean, of course, like like we said, I mean, it's going to be some slackers who it's going to be obvious that they weren't putting in the work that they should have been. But I feel like um, for the most part, the uh, player across the league, it shouldn't be uh, too bad to the point where it's noticeable and detrimental to the play. Yeah, speaking of people who who not going to play, like when the, uh, when the season comes back, KD announced uh, a little earlier this week that he won't be participating in the playoffs. Do y'all see a, a problem with that? Um, I'm going to start with uh, Chris. I mean, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's coming he's coming off a major injury. You know, the season has been chopped up. You know, at the end of the day, it's not a normal formality going on right now with the league. So I'm I'm not really mad at him. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's probably a good move by him. At the end of the day, he's worth so much money and so much more than this little asterisk of a season. You know, so I think, honestly, I think he should take the time. I think he should take the time off, get 100%, you know, and come back next year ready to kill. So yeah. I'm not I'm not mad about it. Even, uh, Kyle, let me see what you got. Um, I totally agree with Chris. Um, mm-hmm. Eddie is actually my favorite player in the game, so I don't want him to rush it at all. I want him to take as much time as he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what happened last time when he tried to rush, uh, rush back from an injury? Man. Um, tried just to ring chase. And mm-hmm. I don't think – I mean, he hasn't played all season with this team. It's a fresh, it's a fresh team, so I don't think that they'll win it um, this year anyway, even if they were full strength. Um, they, this will be their first time playing against with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's the smartest decision for him in the long run to sit this one out. Yeah. Nate, what you got? And 100% agree. You know, uh, not only did he is he coming off an uh, injury, but he's also a seven-footer coming off an Achilles injury. And the sample size for people coming back from that type of injury at that size and, mm-hmm. like, an elite level is already pretty low. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't risk it for this little small bit of a season considering the fact Kyrie's not even going to play. Um, they fired the Nets, got a, like, interim coach right now. They let go mm-hmm. of the coach that they had when they even got KD. So, you know. Might be a completely new system. And even yeah. to, to Kai's point, even if him and Kyrie were health, healthy, you know, I guess 
for me, like one year off an Achilles tear, tear, you can't be fully healthy then. You know, yeah. like, you can be saying you're healthy, but just it's no way you can be in game shape and stuff. So I don't think with the roster they have now, Kyrie even said it himself that they need more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, completely agree. I think he should sit it out, stack his dough, get healthy, mm-hmm. come back next next season ready to go. Yeah. At, the end of, at the end of the day, he has nothing to lose. Yeah. Or, nothing to, or nothing to prove, I mean. He has nothing to prove. He got, he got so, nothing to gain from this. That's that's why um I I agree with you all like I don't I don't feel like he should come back at all just cuz I mean all the reasons that you all said and I mean he he doesn't have any quality runs in him right now you know what I'm saying like he didn't play none of that regular season so just getting a hard start on the playoffs like granted like we just spoke about the guys maybe not coming back to the playoffs and you know what I'm saying top tier level it may be a take two or three games or maybe even the first round that's still not the same as starting at ground zero. You know what I'm saying? His last time on the court was against Kawhi. You know what I'm saying? Like, he like he don't have no runs in the middle of that. Even, like, hooping in the gym by yourself, that's that's not going to do it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I feel like he, like like uh Chris said, it's, it's nothing to prove here. Like, you already solidified with who you are. You one of the best players in the league. You know what I'm saying? Top, top. Shit, I, he may be one for me. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm gonna I'm say three just because he ain't been active. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna say top tier. He's a top tier player in the NBA for sure. No for sure. One, two, or three, you could debate that, but you know, like he's, yeah. he's in the top tier of NBA players, most definitely. So, yeah. I will also one one last point to uh, add on. I will say that you know the playoffs intensity levels rise tremendously. So guys are out there giving 110. And a guy like him coming off an injury, an Achilles injury, Achilles injury at that, I don't think he. I think he should ease it, ease into the season and get back. And so it's not as much pressure. And I just don't think timing is right right now. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, that's that's a low key a good point that you said. Uh, like the competition picks up in the playoffs because which it does, but do you still expect that to? I mean, I feel like it it still is going to pick up, but. I don't know if it's going to be at that that top, like the top tier level as it usually is just because these guys are intermingling with each other. They stand in the same hotel. They may be two doors down from the, hey, let's hop on two. You know how niggas is, shit. Let's play two pay tonight. You feel me? Like, niggas, like, yeah, I don't care if it's game seven. You feel me? Like, <laughs> niggas, no, they're not touching the telly. Yeah. But I will say that. I mean, ultimately, if you're a dog, you're a real competitor, man. It's it's kill or be killed, man. And right. if, if, if you're fun and games with your with your enemy at the time, then you ain't a real killer, and you ain't gonna come out on top. I think the guy who comes into this playoffs, into this uh, section of the season, lays a focus and mm-hmm. ready for the ring is that's the team who's gonna win it. So, um, I actually think, I think that. What was that? My bad. I'll go ahead. No, I thought you said something, but uh, I actually think that um, this kind of AAU style setting is kind of it's lit. Like, mm-hmm. um, I know, man, just because you're in the same area doesn't mean, if anything, that could raise the intensity level. Like, you walk down the hallway. That's what I'm saying. I, I couldn't be. I couldn't be on one of these games. I'd be them being the starter. I'd be that. Hey, man, hey, go flood. Go flood. Uh, who? Man, go flood, <laughs> bro. Anything, bro. Hey, go flood. Uh, what's dude's name? The uh, little shooting guard for the Lakers, Caldwell Pope. Man, go flood Caldwell Pope real quick. <laughs> you know I'm on dirt. <laughs> we need that all access. We 
Sweeney back all access. Bro, that's why. Like, bro, this going to be my fourth week saying this. This is going to be my fourth week saying this. I need for all the games to be mic'd up. I need every player to be mic'd up. I don't care if they can't play it on, even if they got to play the version where it's not mic'd on ES. Just give us the option to watch it on like TNT or ESPN. The Portes, hell yeah, I don't got nothing going on. Like, <laughs> like just you feel me? Give us the real somewhere. You feel me? No, That's no, I agree. I think that could definitely raise the engagement levels. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I have one more point about that, and it yeah. might help us segue into uh, something I saw on the roster for later about a, I, the asterisk on the. Yeah, team. that that low key you thinking I was about to. You might as well introduce the topic, uh, Nate. All right, bet. So uh, we had a topic um, discussed. It's basically does this season have an asterisk on it, mm-hmm. um, whether good or for bad. Uh, so for in my opinion, you know, we talking about KD. Um, we talking about people coming back. Uh, not in shape. We talking about guys haven't had access to gyms. Mm-hmm. I think that inevitably this season will have an ac- uh, asterisk just because, you know, it's marked by the coronavirus, correct? But I don't think it's a bad asterisk. I think whoever, to, to Justin's point, whoever comes back this season ready to go, then I think that they this championship is probably harder to win under most circumstances than any. You don't have home court. You're not around your family. You got to move to a resort for months at a time. You know what I'm saying? So you're not even comfortable. You're not in your daily flow. You haven't been with your team for months at a time. You haven't been able, like, maybe you'll be able to Zoom, but, you know, you're not refreshed on the plays. You're not really refreshed on the lingo. So I think whatever team does come back this year to win it, that means that that team was really working. Like, the players that was leading that team, like, they was really working behind closed doors. And, you know, like I said, there will be an asterisk next to the season. But then again, I'm not even really sure if that's true because the Heat won under um, – lockout year and the in t- the Tim Duncan and the Spurs one in the lockout mm-hmm. year. I mean nobody really talks about that. Yeah. Like, you know, a championship's a championship. As long as you got five, ten guys out there going at it, like if we see LeBron versus Giannis or, or Kawhi versus Giannis in the finals, that's what we expect it to happen anyway. So why yeah. should I as a fan consider it a faulty win, you know, when they just did what they had to do. Hell, even right. even the Lakers versus the Celtics, right. you know what I'm saying? That's a good finals. Right. That's a, you know what I'm saying? Those two both story franchises that got a lot of history together. You feel me? So mm-hmm. either way, Kyle, what's your uh idea, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think uh the season will have an asterisk by it or or not? I kind of agree with what Nate was saying, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that I think that the, the title, whoever wins the title, it will be a legitimate ring. Um, the only reason it will have an asterisk beside it is because of the, the format, the setting, everything that's going on. Corona, 2020 has an asterisk on it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So um, I think that under the circumstances, like Nate was saying, whoever comes out with the dog, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty even playing field right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these guys came up playing AAU basketball. This isn't the first time you, uh, they've gone to a – a location and uh, played a, 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 a tournament style play, and the winner wins. Uh, winner of the tournament wins it all. So I don't think that uh, whoever comes out on top, the ring is any less legitimate than any other year. Uh, if anything, it's it's in tougher circumstances, and it's even more of a, a cap off to the winner. So mm-hmm. um, that's the only reason I think an asterisk would be beside it because of the format. Back. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris, what's yeah, your they, on it? Yeah, I mean, you should kind of basically hit it on the head. Like, at the end of the day, a ring is a ring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you earned it. You got to that level. So, you know, take that ring. Be happy about it. But, you know, 
considering the circumstances, people are always going to say, you know, oh, if this didn't happen, this team had the best chance to win. Or if this didn't happen, this team had the best chance to win. That said, every season is always ups and downs within the season, team injuries, whatever, lockouts. So at the end of the day, you know, you really have to just, you know, enjoy it and accept that this is a different season, this is a different time, and yeah. be happy that we're getting the league back in general. So, you know, I think it's it's you know <clears throat> ring is a ring. Yeah, like I I feel like that too. I feel like, hey man, if if your ass ain't up for this, then you just you just ain't gonna never be up. Because at the end of the day, with a lot of those guys, always well, I, you know, I just be wanting to hoop, man. I'm a hooper. Well, nigga, hoop, nigga, and hoop for now. You you just don't have to hoop. You can hoop for a purpose, nigga. We got you hoop for this chip, nigga. So yeah. I like. I, I feel it like it is going to have maybe a small asterisk by it, but I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not feeding into that. Like, I won't look at this uh, finals as lesser. You feel me? Like, well, oh, well, he got that. That ain't mean nothing. Like, it's kind of like how I look at, um, I won't look at this like how I look at um, the Warriors 26, I mean, 2017, um, no, 2015, 2015 chip. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah, like. You got hurt. Yeah, like in K Love, like I don't put my stock in that. Then, right. kind of almost last year, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, Kawhi done won, but shit, they nigga then Torres ACL, Durant then Torres Achilles, Cousins then blew his shit out just by walking. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you feel me? Like I don't. It's just certain. It's certain ones I don't put stock into, and this one I'm I don't see like I don't think this one will fall into the pot because you got you got 22 teams ready to go you know what I'm saying so out of them 22 16 got to strap down now now what I would say to make it a little bit more interesting I wouldn't have just locked the whole the whole um playoffs in Orlando I feel like you need to get these guys new environments so whether that's playing uh the the play-in tournaments and the, you know what I'm saying the eight games in Orlando then playing the first round in Vegas, playing the second round in LA. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like I feel, I feel I like the reason behind that. I feel like the reason behind that is you know they're trying to limit travel. Yeah, for uh, sure. The complications with the coronavirus. Um, so they probably just felt it was easier to keep them all in one spot. Yeah. But it would have been definitely more, more entertaining. Um, yeah. You know, just to see the different cities, things like that. Yeah, cause you know what, what what show is that man? Uh, like American Idol. You know, you get to make it to the next. Yeah, I get to make it to the next round, nigga. I ain't gonna see you in Vegas, nigga. <laughs> you stay here and stay at Disney, nigga. <laughs> for real though, man. Y'all got anything else to add to that? It'll be lit for sure. But you know, it's just the issue of the whole Corona. And the thing, the only issue is like, you know, the atmosphere is not gonna change. There's gonna be no fans anywhere you go. So it's like even if we was in Vegas, you know, you'd just be in an empty gym in Vegas. You feel me? So like yeah. you'll just be you just be a UNLV. <laughs> exactly. Like the atmosphere is not really gonna change. But I heard that uh they have three different gyms in Orlando. So okay. you know, at least at least you'll get to switch, I guess, looks, you know. Maybe, I think maybe that's, that's tough. I ain't even AU environment. That AU like, environment, bro. That's a that's a decent environment, bro. That's it. That's it's turnt, bro. Like you got really you really just watching people play at that point. Like it's probably gonna take all these all these pro athletes back to when they were kids. Like I'm yeah. I'm a pro athlete, I'm motivated, man. I'm like, this is about to buzz. Yeah. Like for real. So you know. <laughs> this ain't nothing, but uh you ever been out to Maryville? Um yep. Yeah, he. It's a it's a little spot out there, and it's like on the outside of 
Chicago. It's really in Indiana, Maryville, Indiana. They run a lot of the hoop camps out there, like for the Chicago area. Like you, you could see mess around, see the Wolverines, Mac Irvin, all them guys in that young know streets. Yeah, all of them for real. Yeah, man. Like that environment is, is second to none. And the fact that you get to time travel back and be in that environment again, you might as well just, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy it. With the top tier athletes, you know what I'm saying? With top tier so, athletes, you know what I'm exactly. saying? At another level, like you yeah. already, hey, you already different within itself from just regular high school basketball. Right. Like now, you you in the league, you know what I'm saying? Playing with the best to do it, at a, you know what I'm saying? And and the AAU circuit type uh, format, you feel me? But no, just to keep moving forward, man. Um, what's what's y'all thoughts on uh, Jordan recently coming out and donating? hundred million dollars um over ten years um to the black community. What's y'all thoughts on that? I'm gonna start it off with Nate. Uh my thought exactly when I saw it is finally. You know what I'm saying? Like finally, bro. Like finally. you know, like I'm not here to count nobody's pockets, but man, I was I was really just thinking like when I read the news, I'm like, man, finally, like you know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say he doesn't put his money where his mouth is otherwise, but to my knowledge. I haven't seen much benefit of the African-American community from Jordan's efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, from, from some of my research, some of the stuff Jordan invested in, like, helps out with the prison system. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm just glad he's putting some money down toward a cause that will actually benefit African-Americans in the in this country. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, he's such a big figure for us. Like, even kids nowadays who will probably never see Michael play will know Michael Jordan's name just because of the shoes. If you know basketball at all, like Michael Jordan synonymous with basketball, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So just to see him finally put something down and like he's been making statements lately, like, you know, it, like he said, he, he didn't ask to be a role model, but inevitably he became one. Like he just he was that good, that talented. He became one. So, you know, for me, I don't want Michael to be painted as a picture of just like, you know, somebody that great, but never really did much off the court, never left like a huge blueprint off the court besides his shoes. So, for me, yeah this is a step in the right direction for Michael. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for bro. You know, I really am. For sure. Uh, Chris, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I feel like since the Jordan documentary, it's been a lot of talks about LeBron versus MJ for being the GOAT. Right. So, mm-hmm. and you know, when people side with LeBron, they say, you know, Oh, he, you have to look at his whole impact, like not just on basketball, but everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when people say like this, like, as I mentioned earlier, like in that, in that, in that, um, situation like LeBron is my goal, like and it stands down. Mm-hmm. But I think like I this gave Jordan really an opportunity to really try to I don't want to say compete, but it gave him an opportunity to say like, look, here's my money. I'm doing something too. Mm-hmm. Now look, I hope that wasn't his only start. motivation. I hope it's not his only motivation. But I feel like that plays a role in it. I feel like for him to really be talked about as a goat goat. He has to do more impact to the world. His shoes aren't enough, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't buy his shoes no more, for real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like his shoes aren't, aren't you know, that, that doesn't do nothing for me. But seeing that you donate to the cause to help people that look like you, to help people less fortunate than you, yeah. you know, after the same people put you on a pedestal mm-hmm. and, and, and really just, you know, praise you, like, yeah. yeah, you better put some money towards that. You better put money back into the community that we give to you for your shoes, for your merchandise. So, you know, it's a start. Like Nate said, it's definitely a start. I need to see more. He's a billionaire. 
I need to see more. He needs to keep putting money into these types of organizations and programs. So, you know, I'm happy about it, but, you know, it, it works out for him. Let's just say him doing this is definitely a, a plus for him. Better late than never. Uh, let me, uh, what'd you say, Nate? Just better late than never. That's all. I think that's what Chris saying too. Like, you know, we need to see more, but we're glad he's doing something though. Yeah, Jordan made a donation to get folks off his ass. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's what you know. I feel like that played a role. Like at the end of the day, that that's always going to be the thing about Jordan. You know, that's always going to be said. It's no question. You can never question his game on the court, mm-hmm. but off the court, what has he really done besides this? Yeah. He does. He's not vocal. Okay, and you know he he says you know oh, I wasn't made for this. You know I'm mm-hmm. I'm, made, I'm a hooper. No, you're more than a hooper, and to have that platform, you have to be more than a hooper. Like sure. at some point, it doesn't really become a choice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have you you've been blessed with that type of platform. You have to do more for your people. So, That's you know, it's a start. Kyle, where I, you at with it? Uh, I personally think Jordan doesn't get enough credit. You know, honesty. I've talked to a couple OGs who, um, uh, John Thompson of Georgetown, for example, uh, to be specific. He he said that how Jordan d- doesn't get enough credit for actually the. Um, hand he's had in the African-American community. He has a reputation of hiring uh, African-Americans and putting them in position. Uh, th- these are things that are swept under the rug, things that, things that we don't hear much about. Jordan, he he's not on social media. He's not front street like a LeBron James. So I feel like it's, it's easier for us to say that because LeBron is so vocal and so prevalent with his social media pr- platforms and things of that nature. Um, I think that uh, his $100 million is $100 million, regardless of which way you look at it. It's obviously the biggest um, the biggest contribution he's made publicly that we've ever seen. And I think it's a major step to uh, improving his reputation uh, in that area. You know what I mean? Uh, and we don't, we you know, we have a right to feel, Chris and Nate, uh, we all have a right to feel the way we do about Michael, because like I said, we can't help if the things he does for the community aren't on Front Street. Uh, aren't for us to see, but I have heard that um, he does do a lot for his hometown community in North Carolina and things like that. Um, so uh, I'm just glad that he is stepping forward, and uh, instead of criticizing him, I think that we should just be appreciative uh, and hopefully he can, uh, continues his efforts. Um, because hey, regardless, I mean, when I when I saw it, I was kind of hey, that was huge. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just a little later than, you know, before that's all, but I'm not yeah, hating though, yeah. you know, cause I'm, I can't never hate on somebody giving a hundred million dollars and I won't count them as pockets. I ain't giving a hundred million dollars. I don't have a hundred million dollars, yeah. but for me, you know, it's just like Michael's had the opportunity to do something like this before. Like I said, my biggest example for, for us growing up, you know, we're all around the same age group. Like for me, when I started to realize, like, the tipping point was starting to, like, shift the scale with race relations in America was Trayvon Martin. Like, maybe I was just young, too young to, like, you know, I was when I was younger, like, growing up, you know, you just living. Like, obviously, you know, black people get treated differently, but, like, Trayvon was around the same age as I was at that point. So, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what put it in my head. Like, shit, I got to be careful as a black man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I really, really got to move different, like, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, even at that point, you know, Michael was just a little silent. But I'm not knocking him now for, for coming out and being vocal on the front street, like you saying uh, he is now, cop, because we need him to do that. So I'm okay. similar to, like, you know, having out white allies and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to ostracize him for being quiet early on. 
because he's talking now. So, you know, that's all I can ask for. I can't talk about your past, but, you know, you can start taking more steps in the future. Like, Jordan's yeah. definitely black. He's not like O.J. Simpson. Like, O.J. Simpson, the black man who got all, literally all white friends. Never Free O.J., back, man. Never looked back. <laughs> Michael, you know, I ain't never said that about Michael, but, you know, he's definitely just not as vocal as a leader as he could have been with his platform. But, yeah. you know, right now is the time. Like, we talking about now, and he putting his money where his mouth is right now. So, I just, I just, I just hope. I, but as I said, like, right now we need him more than like ever. So yeah. we need him. He doesn't have to keep giving a hundred million dollars every time. Yeah. But we need just him talk. to to it's talk. Weird. We need him. He needs to be a little bit more vocal. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like you need. We need someone with your platform to push our agenda. We yeah. need you right now. So it's either now or never. And I appreciate. I really do. Huh. He's still the most popular athlete in the world, so we for sure need him. We need him. So, you know, as a, you know, I, I'm happy for it. But I, we can, do, I we can understand. You know, I, I definitely understand the positions on him, like you said, being more frontline, and I think he does need to be, you know what I'm saying, will continue to be frontline like he is in this situation. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, like uh, kind of getting the cop point, man, is, you know, I, of course, I'm a Jordan fan. I ain't trying to cut him no bill, but I, I I used to hear the stories a lot too, like man, Jordan, man, he don't be doing shit, man. But I feel like you can't truly say that about somebody unless you know what they, you know, what I'm saying, doing behind closed doors. You feel me? So, is this a a good win for us? Of course it is. You know what I'm saying? And it's public, so it make it even better. You feel me? I just I feel like he he now recognizes what what his change could be publicly. You feel me? Like he doesn't. If you, you know what I'm saying, even if you would have got a $100 million in private, it wouldn't still, it wouldn't have the same hit as giving $100 million in public. You know what I'm saying? Because you you putting you putting your your money where your mouth is and more importantly, your mouth where your money is. You know what I'm saying? So you letting, you letting people know, hey, this is what I'm putting money into right here because this is something I stand on. And I feel them for that. And you also just got to, that's what makes me always salute LeBron hard just because he from the gate, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that Jordan didn't do it, but from the gate with LeBron, this what LeBron was about. Like, if you to have LeBron as the basketball player, you had LeBron as the black man. You know what I'm saying? You had LeBron as a philanthropist. You know what I'm saying? So you you just you get all aspects of LeBron, and that that just made me furthermore just re just have a more of a respect for LeBron just because he he did it from the gate. You feel me? And now. No problem with Jordan catching on now, or even if he was already on. You feel me? Like, it's but a just... good, a, yeah. But a good thing about Jordan being vocal about it. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, you lead by example. So him doing this might spark somebody else to do something. It might spark someone else to donate some more money. Yeah. So people want to see somebody else doing something before sometimes they do it. So that's why it's important for you know, athletes and entertainers to announce, like, I'm donating to this fund. I'm donating here. I'm yeah. donating here. So people could, so people can become aware and understand, like, okay, well, I want to be involved now. Let me see where I can donate my money. So, yeah. you know, I feel like, you know, it, it plays hand in hand. So that's why, you know, him being vocal about it is also a plus. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely carries weight, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since we, uh, you know, just speaking about Jordan and just black people in general, um, this is one topic that that Chris brought to me. And I, you know, it was definitely a timely topic that I feel like we all need to touch on was uh, what what do we need to do to build the black community? Now, 
And I'm going to let, since this is Chris' topic, I'm going to let him have the floor first, you know what I'm saying, and address uh, what's going on. Yeah, man. So a uh, little background. So I currently work at a bank, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at how well these entrepreneurs, our clients are funded, and I see how much money is just in the ecosystem of financial in- institutions. And it's one of those things where it's like, wow, like, we, and there are a lot of high net worth black people out here. Like, you know, we're talking about NBA players making 40 million a year, right? 50, 50 million, 100 million plus with endorsements, you know? That's a lot of money that can be funneled into the black community. Facts. So, like, my thing is, like, I, I personally believe, like, we just, these, like, black athletes should start banking with other black banks right. and other black right. financial institutions because when you go and bank with, these banks, like your money is with these banks for them to reinvest in their communities. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, you know, when we give our money to BOA, you know, they're lending our money out to uh, to people that don't look like us. I'm about to you say, know, you, don't, they, you don't even want to know what, what Bank of America do. You, you don't even want to, you don't even, it's, they're doing so much with our money that we don't even know. Yo, but yes, you know, we have black good. banks. We have, exactly, we have black banks who are trying to do the same, who have initiatives to help build the community, to help these entrepreneurs, you know, build their businesses and help black people own houses and own property. Like, you know, but that takes money to do. And unfortunately, a lot of people aren't in that financial position to have to, to, to do all this. So they need to go to banks. So brings you back to my point. I really want to see black athletes and entertainers start banking with these black banks so that they have the funds in order to lend out so mm-hmm. they can make these big deals go through to where you know oh now your business has enough money to make it to that next level of being successful mm-hmm. and you know i just really want to hear what y'all have to say about that because you know i think that's kind of where it starts with us really pushing the black agenda and really building up our wealth as a, yeah. as a black community just, just to uh, further get in there, you know, and just speak from a, a finance perspective, um, I feel like what we need to do, man, we just need to become like what you said with banking, but just on a on a on a larger scale, man, we got to become intentionally, you know, we got to intentionally spend our money within the black community. You feel me? Yeah, like we have to intentionally do that. You have to keep this on your mind, or where you you go out and say, hey, I can go to Walmart. But it's this black market right here. So I'm going to go to this black market. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's the stuff is at a premium, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. no matter what, it's going back to my community. And I, I kind of brought this up last week. But just to, you know, just to further speak to the numbers more in depthly, um, the dollar in the black community only lasts for six hours. You know what I'm saying? Like in the white community, it's 17 days. The Jewish community is 20 days. Asian community is 30 days. You know what I'm saying? So. We got to get money circulating in our community, just like like how uh, Chris said with, with just with banks and stuff like that. You got to get the money circulating in the community and whether that's with businesses, schools, churches, anything. You know what I'm saying? You just got to keep it within the community. Then, and, and, Yeah. And, and then and I was saying, like, you know, a lot of um, athletes now are starting to enter this like venture capitalist ecosystem where they're yeah. investing in tech and they're investing in whatever entrepreneurs have the next big idea. So they have the capital to do that, but it's, it's kind mm-hmm. of on them to want to partner with these black other black investors 
who have an idea of what's going on as has an idea of the entrepreneurs that need the money you know unfortunately maybe they might not find the, the same return mm-hmm. from investing in maybe the black community because it's more you know on a on a on a what what how it can better the community rather than like how much money it can make mm-hmm. so you know but i think that's something that people with high net worth kind of need to re, you know kind of look at themselves and be like what is the goal of my money like i already have a bunch of it yeah. now let me see if i can help others get up to where i am or at least help others further along so i mean just to keep speaking on that man just like other way voting like just making sure you you know what i'm saying you taking the right steps into knowing what's going on in your community whether that's voting in a mayor the um the, the police chief the prosecutor you know what i'm saying is all these things are going to come together to help the black community you know what i'm saying we make up 1.2 trillion dollars of, co- of consumer spending a year you know what i'm saying so and that's steadily rising so if you take that 1.2 trillion away they're going to notice that you know what i'm saying you you just don't lose 1.2 trillion dollars and not saying that you got to just totally just radically just just take that away but it, you just got to start alloc- allocating more money and spending more money in your community you know what i'm saying and just to keep it going um you just got to look at it like companies focus on capturing our dollar you know what i'm saying no matter what it is like any company they focus on capturing the black dollar because you because that's that's one of the best dollars to get because you know what they're gonna always spend it you know what I'm saying? It's something with black. It's gonna come back. Yeah, it's it's, make it around. It's something with, no, black, it's with black people in luxury goods that is just is is it's inevitable. You know what I'm saying? If you have a luxury good, they gonna get it. You know what I'm saying? So you just gotta be cognizant of all the decisions that you're making financially, um, and where you put your money at. That's the end of my spiel. I'm gonna let Nate and Cot get in here. For sure. Well, um, you know, I'm glad. Chris is on today because you know last week we had this talk about banks actually and about investing in black banks. So I'm glad you were here to explain that. But no, I completely agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, but my biggest uh, recommendation for the black community is really just be consistent in terms of this way that we're speaking right now. In terms of being intentional about spending the black dollar. In terms of it, like being consistent in terms of supporting our own because these are things that people have said for a long time. Mm-hmm. And every time something like something drastic happens to the black community, then we want to start talking about it again. We want to start educating ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't need dra- dramatic events or one of us dying, you know, one of us getting lynched to to in- do these type of things. You know, like we should be doing these already and continue to just keep doing them. Like, I think one issue with the black community that we talked about last week is that we always get so riled up in one moment that we just never, and like, once that moment is over per se, you know, things fizzle out, things fade away. Like, you know, I need the people right now who's talking about, um, they want equality, they want justice, like all those things, you know, it's, it happens by protesting, by voting, by getting attention, but it also just happens by staying consistent and intentional with where we're spending our dollar and how we're going about it. Like this can't last, you know, the things we're talking about, these are suggestions that may take years to happen. You know, like, are people still going to be riding high on the Black Lives Matter train? I would hope so. You know, and Black Lives Matter does, isn't just about police brutality. It's about equality and justice everywhere in our community. You know, so we need to stay consistent in terms of supporting the initiatives that y'all are talking about right now. Because it can't be a fad to support Black banks. Because no, they I need can't. the money to keep reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting. Like, those need to be 
trends that we don't make just trends. Those need to just yeah. be parts of the African-American culture in general. Like, you know, we should yeah. always support black, not once just you, when companies is doing this dirty, you know, like we right. should just keep doing that. Yeah. Once you start just getting my bad card, I'm gonna let you go after this, but once oh, you yeah. start getting into the, you know, just what a bank is and what they do, like, I, it, for, for a lot of people that's not informed, like you, you will really start laughing. Like a bank is only there on the corner just to let you know your money's here. That's all. That's all the bank is doing. Cause when your money get gets in their possession, it's over with. It's on the next real estate project. It's going to the next startup. It's going to the next small bit. It's going. It's going somewhere to make them money, and they only gonna give you 025 percent on your shit. Cause hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like give them that. Like you know what I'm saying? So it's it's just funny once you just start like looking at the whole makeup of a bank, and it'll just further incline you to to be with a black bank. If they're just going to be, you know, what I'm saying, if they're going to be building your community like how these other banks build up their community, you know, what I'm saying. So, uh, Kyle, let me uh, get your thoughts on everything, man. Uh, well, uh, everything you said, uh, you all said was right on the head. Um, uh, I take it back to a quote from the great Nipsey Hussle: "All money in." You know what I mean? All uh, money out. Real. I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean, it starts there. But on top of that, I think we have to do a better job of educating ourselves on on the system of, of America, how America works, on how the dollar moves. You know what I mean? I, I think that uh, a lot a lot that's wrong with um, the black community is uh, the reason like we don't value, we don't invest in in things that appreciate. You know what I mean? I think we need to. Uh, rearrange uh, our mindset and start getting into the community ourselves, like educated brothers like ourselves, and, and uh, teaching different uh, trades, di- different crafts, different things of that nature. You know what I mean? Instead of buying a two hundred dollar pair of kicks, go buy, invest that two hundred in some stocks. Go learn how to, you know, what I'm saying, do things like that. I think we also need to hit the school systems yeah. you know, and uh, start teaching things like financial literacy early. You know what I mean? Because I feel like if uh, kids are, are very, uh, you know what I'm saying, if they, uh, at a young age, at an adolescence age, uh, you're more susceptible to learning than you are ever in life. You know what I mean? So right. I feel like instead of learning uh, white history uh, in school and, and just subjects, uh, I found through my career that um, all the things that I learned growing up, they don't apply. You know what I mean? Uh, what only applies is real real life once you hit that age. You know what I mean? Just like we need a whole reform in that that uh that area, and I think that that could be wonderful for the black community. Yeah. Lastly, just to close it off on on uh kind of piggybacking off your point of what you saying, stop spending two hundred over here on shoes, and you know what I'm saying, put into something else. That's like man, that like you gotta have a a mental cleansing of our community. You feel me? Like we gotta know what we need to spend our money yet. And just like you said, man, it, it's guys like I could just just I could just uh, kind of make a, a correlation to Chicago almost, man. Like if you you got a young kid out there that's not really having a lot of things going on, um, probably a lot of kids got to help their parents out with rent. You know what I'm saying? A lot of kids in situations like that where they working part time jobs, still going to high school and stuff like that. And the only symbolism that they have to uh, wealth is $200 shoes. Maybe it's a Mercedes. Maybe it's, you know what I'm saying? Like all that, that that's stupid shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we got to know that stupid shit. 
and that's you know what I'm saying being having that don't make you no better of a person it's all within you feel me like you can't reach out to even though you know what I'm saying I rock with Jordan I still like Jordans but you just can't depend on oh man I got these new Usual fragment ones, nigga. You know, like, nigga, who cares? Nobody cares, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of people don't understand that. You know what I'm saying? In our community. But then you listen. But then you listen well, to you know our music, and that's all we. You know, we love capitalism. Yeah. We, we love running it up. We love flexing. Yeah. And it's like I love I love our music as well, but it's like what. Is it teaching us the right things? Like yeah. if you're young and you're listening to this, like I'm thinking I gotta go grab a chain or gotta grab the next next whip. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know where where is that line yeah. to where we need to be like, okay, kind of like this isn't right, but like I like it and it makes sense and it's cool, but it's not what I need to be filtering in my head yeah. at a young age. That's why would you say, Nate? Thing is you don't have to listen to like you know the very capitalistic and very materialistic artists and take what they mean literal like yeah you want to be a fly guy you know what i'm saying but does that mean breaking your pocketbook to have what somebody else isn't breaking their pocketbook for like for a nigga like gunna him buying balenci's him buying gucci him buying dior is not it's not hard you know what i'm saying because yeah. in, his, in his price budget like that's not him going out of his price range to the point where it's like yeah. oh, I'm flexing but you know i'm damn near broke you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'll be seeing niggas at the bus stop draped down in designer. You feel me? Whether it's fake or not, how would I know? Yeah. But, you know, back to Justin's It's point, just the like, symbolism, man, bro. It, it's, it's status, you know? Like, we need to educate ourselves early on. Like, you feel me? Yeah. Whenever by the time we have kids and shit, hopefully we school them. Like, you don't need a designer brand to be fly or yeah. like, be accepted. But that is kind of what our music and our culture teaches. Yeah. So, like we, our generation kind of needs to be the next one up to just be like, look, yeah. like you, like the whole coronavirus situation has taught me like what I don't need. You feel me? Like I've been spending a lot less because just mm-hmm. you know I'm not out, like I'm not going doing certain activities. But mm-hmm. it's just like shit, man. I've been living life pretty solid. Yeah. You know? And like that, all my friends are still my friends. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm in a business meeting in some cut shorts or whether I'm in a business meeting in some Amiri's or, or something yeah. like that, you know what I'm saying? My friends mm-hmm. are still gonna be my friends, and and the people you do business with, they don't care about that. You can yeah. walk into a business meeting with a fifty dollars suit on. If that shit look clean, they still gonna listen. You feel yeah. me? It's more about how you present yourself. So but, we, we kind of need to drift away from that. But it's hard though. But did you? But like uh, this is this is my next question. Did you understand that at fourteen, fifteen? Yeah. Did you that's understand that? Like did you understand that at eighteen? Yeah. Or do you know that now? I you feel know, like you, you, gotta, you got some experience and you know you understand what's real and what's not. Yeah. And I, I feel like just to piggyback, yeah, just to piggyback on uh both y'all points, I feel like you just got it gotta get to a point to where we're instilling things in our children at a younger, you know what I'm saying, at a younger age to let them know from the jump, hey, you don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that to be who you are. You know what I'm saying? You don't need that. All of that is just luxury. You know what I'm saying? That that's a, you know what I'm saying? Once you get into the business world of things, people at home, that's really, you know what I'm saying? That's really the definition of it. A luxury good. You know what I'm saying? All that shit is just a luxury good. It's stuff, it's stuff that you don't need. You know what I'm right. saying? Do that shit look good? Yeah, I like that shit. I like all that shit. I'm not even gonna lie. I like all that shit. You feel me? Cars, mansions, I love I love it. You feel me? But just know that, you know what I'm saying, you don't have to try to put on, and I think that's something that social media 
kind of, you know what I'm saying, does a bad job with instilling in our uh in the adolescent's brain, well, man, they got that, you know what I'm saying? He got on a Gucci belt and he got 300 likes. Man, I need to get me a Gucci belt in a little so I can get 600. Like, nigga, no, that, that, that doesn't make no correlation, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, you just got to like, man, you just got to definitely, just the black community as a whole, we just got to build our, our, our young kids up and let them know, you know, it, it, you got more than just a Gucci belt. You know what I'm saying? There's more in you than that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you don't need that type of shit. Yeah. I, I, one more, one last point. I will say, look, I like designer just as much as the next guy. Don't get me wrong. We, we know you do, Kai. Yeah, <laughs> we know you do. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, don't don't invest all of your money into that. You know what right. I mean? Uh, Move at your pace. One is where you can cop five pairs right. in that with your pockets. You know what I mean? Like, right. don't get me wrong. Like, uh, it's it's swag and, and style is instilled in, in us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. I, I can't completely rule that out, but don't right. your last on that. You know what I right. mean? Like, don't be right. out in a in a two thousand dollar fit and you only got three two hundred dollars in your pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't pay your bills because you just copped the the new. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Like you know, like be fly, but but know why you getting fly. You know what I'm saying? Like don't yeah. be fly for the status and don't be fly to break your pocketbook. Like you just said, if you don't have two thousand, you you got on a two thousand dollar fit. You don't have two thousand dollars in your bank account. That's working backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that doesn't make sense. You know, so like those are the type of things. Like it's okay to treat yourself like you said. We are fly by nature. Like. That's our culture, you feel me? That's why white people hate us so much because they want to be us. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they they like our swag, they like our culture, they like everything that we have to offer. So you definitely can't take that out of us. But yeah. we need designer brands that that really don't care about us and our well being to still be fly. Like that's really yeah. the biggest thing that we're gonna have to decide as a community. You know, like where are the black luxury brand brands? Like me personally, I would know. Like like Kai said, you know. I, I like a few designer pieces, and that's not to say, you know, I I use them for status, but I just like getting fly. However, I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm not out here breaking my pocketbook to do so. Yeah, you just gotta, you gotta just just to wrap it up, man. You just gotta, you gotta know what you, you know, what I'm saying what you want, and you getting it for you, not for the next man. You getting it for you. It ain't, you know, what I'm saying that I ain't getting this just to try to put on for the. I got these Da Vinci's because I like the shoe and I like the Da Vinci. You feel me? Like, and, I can, I, and, I'm in a, and I'm in a position where I can cop and it's not going to hurt. Yeah. Like, it's sure. a time and a place for everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You don't have to rush to get to that place. If the yeah. same clothes, same everything is still going to be there yeah. when you when you ready, when you ready to cop. So sure. just you know. to uh, keep moving on, because we, we about like an hour 20 in, man. We got a, a few more topics to get to, but just... um. I'm going to just knock some, we could knock some real quick ones out. What's y'all reaction to AI set to receive the $32 million in a trust fund from Reebok in 10 years? What's y'all thoughts on that? Finesse. Yeah, finesse. Yeah, finesse. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I feel like he almost should have got more low key because he's, I mean, who else, I mean, who, besides John Wall, who else rocking Reeboks for real like that? Nobody knows. Exactly. So he basically he basically the face of the brand at this point. Everybody know the AI will rebound. I don't need much though. Like niggas ain't wearing wearing Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they not wearing them, but nobody's buying them. But you feel me? 32 for him. That's not bad. He went broke not long ago. I'm pretty sure of it. You know, I don't want to speak on nobody's pockets, but from the reports that I remember reading, AI had gone broke for a little minute, to my knowledge. So you feel me? 32 million dollars. 
file bankruptcy. So I mean, it, it's a little different, but thirty-two mil just by living, just by making it to fifty-five. Yeah, not that finesse, super finesse. That's not Look bad. Ice stuff. Yeah. Ice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who ice stuff? But no, uh, what'd you say, Cot? I mean, I personally think he's definitely worth more than thirty-two million dollars. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But I will say $32 million is still a pretty penny. Um, so he can make it work. Uh, I think that uh, it's all about uh, another thing with these athletes' representation. Like, he, he should have been smarter, um, him or whoever represented him, uh, when it was when he was signing that con that rebound contract back in the early 2000s. You know what I mean? 32, so, M's, is, 32 M's is a lot, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's 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 a lot of dough, bro. And Reebok don't makes that much money off their basketball division. And, like that, and that you gotta look at it like this: like he been making eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Like on top of that, he makes eight hundred thousand dollars a year for life. You feel me? From yeah, it's just a bonus. This yeah, is a little so, bonus. Yeah, like I said, I mean, he's pretty well off. He's pretty well off, regardless. His, like yeah. his agent, low key, he did a he did a pretty fire job with that because yeah. you feel me. I don't know, man. Like you know, that's low key might save his ass down the line, considering he's already gone bankrupt. Like it might, it might, it might off eight hundred thousand a year. You feel me? You get an extra thirty-two million dollars. Now I can't even call that a jolt. Like that's a reinvigoration. You feel me? Like thirty-two million dollars. I don't know the I don't know the position that he in, but hey, man, that could that could be goddamn generation changing for you. know what I'm saying, if depending on the position that you in. But um, that was kind of my thoughts on everything. Like, man, I, whoever was his agent and whoever set that deal up for him, they did it the right way. You know, um, at I think up front, what he got was like, I think it was like 50 million. And I think it was good just to, because, I mean, back then, a lot of guys weren't financially informed, you know what I'm saying, like how they are now. So AI hit, hit some bumps in the road, you know what I'm saying? He went bankrupt. He had lawsuits and all that, you know what I'm saying, all types of things uh, lined up against him. And, you know, I, I feel like with this $32 million, it's just going to save him, you know what I'm saying, Be, put him in a different position to where he is currently. And uh, I, I'm I'm sure he'll do right by that $32 million. You can't tell me that somebody that had all that money and was looking in the eyes and going bankrupt and – now they have thirty-two million that they're not going to take care of that money. I'm sure they're going to take care of that. You know what I'm saying? So I hope so. I, I really I hope so. He has a new chance. He has. A, I mean, in ten years, I have another chance. <laughs> I, so. I mean, he could he could literally be homeless in ten years. Yeah. Any st- I did just see, I did just see an article that says that uh, he is reportedly not collecting that entire thirty-two million, and his uh, ex-wife is getting a nice, pretty chunk of that. So. <laughs> That's a hey, look, that's that's on him. You know, man. that's a whole different and topic for another day. A lot of black entertainers in general, man. Like their baby mothers or wives, oh, that's the reason they're going broke. Yeah. yeah. Out, of out of there. But you know, that's that's a whole we could we could say that for next week. That one. We could say that. <laughs> okay, that, that's a whole different one we could get into, but but uh Real quick, we only got right there. we got one, two, we got three more. You right. feel me? Rapid fire. We're gonna have to go Back. rapid fire real quick. Um, what's y'all what's y'all thoughts on Zion uh on Zion's court case? 
man. Uh, I personally, it, it's sad, man. A guy like him, a young young uh, man with so so much talent, so much potential, fact he has to go through uh, something like this in the beginning of his career is tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's business. Um, it's business. Apparently, he he overlapped his contracts and signed with uh, multiple agencies at once. Um, mm-hmm. It's just something that, like I said, this is an unfortunate situation. Um, Rookie mistake. Guy, he's, a, I mean, he's a he's a good kid. I think he's a, a thorough guy, and hopefully, he comes out on top. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. When you get inside and get into that legality uh, and things like that, it, it gets tricky. Yeah. Just to uh, just to add more background to it, so well, he he's being sued for a hundred million, which nigga, <laughs> nigga, that's a that's a ticket. But what uh, what his future, contract? You said what? That's about his. That's about his shoe endorsement money. Yeah. Okay. So what um, with the prime marketing uh, sports agency was saying was that he signed with them. And he was supposed to be locked down for five years. But I guess with Zion's retort, his side is going to be that they, um, she wasn't even like, I don't know, it was some, she wasn't, um, she didn't have the right registration in the state of North Carolina from the Secretary of State's office to to uh, actually sign Zion. So that's what they're rolling with. So I feel like he, I feel like he going to be able to get off of it, but it's just I feel like this is more of a story to the the other athletes up and coming that you gotta watch out for things like this, man. You gotta make sure you get with the right agency off rip, even if it takes more time. You feel me? Or they gonna have you trying to uh, sit here and nigga get in front of the uh, the judge and talk and tell them that you receive money. Like nigga, I'm not st- I'm not about to tell you that I receive money from fuck you think i am <laughs> no nah, i mean at this time bro i feel like now with these amateur athletes actually being able to get paid mm-hmm. uh you know legally by either their endorsements or going overseas or going being filtered into the g league like this isn't really the time to be taking money from you know illegal money from 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 some of these top programs like yeah. they're really break breaking down on this now mm-hmm. if you're a top uh prospect it's just not worth it if you want to get paid that bad, there's ways to get paid. You don't have to take the bag. Like, you don't have to take that illegal bag. Because as you can see, Zion is a good kid. Like, it's nothing bad that's happened to Zion besides this. So, yeah. but this one thing, people are going to remember. Like, when D. Rose got hit with that scandal at Memphis. Like, yeah. I remember that. It's not the same thing. It was the SAT tour. But you remember that. You know what I'm saying? You remember stuff like that. And, and it just paints them as such like a – a dirty player, but personally, I think college athletes shouldn't get paid anyway. But you know, it's just not. It, it sucks that it has to be him, but it's a learning lesson. He'll make a lot of money, you know. He'll make a lot of money through his career. Hopefully, this won't. If he does end up losing, or you know, something settling or whatever, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, he can recover from this and bounce back, which I think he will. But you know, it's a learning lesson, and I hope a lot of athletes coming behind see this too and learn. That NCAA is not your friend. These agents are not your. Some of them are not your friend. They're not for you. They're about that bag. They're about that check. So you have to keep that in mind. It's a business. This is not a friendship. It's a business. It's a partnership. Zion, for me, uh, they're not gonna get the whole hundred million. That's um, that they just trying to get a bag out of him. But if the judge awards that, then it might as well be slavery. You feel me? Modern day slavery. He didn't even make a hundred million dollars yet. Feel me? Facts. Um, like Facts. he could get injured tomorrow and not make a million, a hundred million dollars. So, like you know, 
that's unfair. But Zion was just a year or two early, you know. Like if the G League program was around this year, Zion would have been like the perfect, you know, last year he would have been the perfect guy for them to start it with. Um, they would have gave him his money. He wouldn't have had to worry about anybody snaking him. But you know, essentially this wasn't even the NCAA. Like this was a mistake on the agency part. Like I haven't, I actually haven't heard necessarily about a case like this before. Um, like with the agency part of it, and I'm on working for a sports agency now, so you know, just mm-hmm. something I got to do a little bit more research on. But to Chris's point about you know tainting the black athlete, you know, with these scandals at school, the only thing I'm gonna say, fuck all that, not to Chris, but you know, the people that say all that is fuck all that, bro, because there's literally white celebrities that are getting caught up, caught up for paying for their kids to attend some of these higher education schools. You know what I'm saying? Like paying the universities, not the kid getting paid but literally paying the school to let their child in when they're unqualified. So you feel me? We should be talking about them more so than the athletes that's trying to get a little money to feed their families or line their pockets. We should be talking about them uh, as opposed to the athletes that's just trying to take care of themselves. When any other student can do so, any other student can work a job on campus. Even if you're on scholarship, you can work an internship. You can get a a campus job. You can get your own. You can get a full-time job if you really wanted to on that grind. But athletes, for some reason, can't. So, you know, no. I'll never hold it against the athlete if he was trying to get that bag in college. He just yeah. got caught. No. You just, can't. You can't. It, it happens. You get caught. Like, sometimes yeah. you just get caught. Like, yeah. and it's not, and, and they've earned that money. They've earned that money. And the NCAA should be ashamed of themselves for not allowing them access yeah. to any money at all. So, I'm 100% for playing the players. Yeah. Just, so, just, uh, to, it's just, tough. just to keep, just, you know what I'm saying, piggybacking on that and closing this one out, just, you know, like, it, you could that can go back, you know what I'm saying, boiling down to what with uh high school players going to um HBCUs, you feel me? Like if if these players can't go to these white institutions and get paid, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, Zion brung millions of dollars just off that one UNC game versus Duke, that arena did twenty three million in tickets. That's not concessions, that's not merch, that's twenty three million in ass and seats. You know what I'm saying? Like and that that's it's crazy. Like you gonna pay me. Like I said, like if I'm Zion, I wouldn't have went to Duke for no less than a million. Nigga, I need a ticket. You nigga, I need that to direct deposit in my account too. Hardwire that. You feel me? Like, yeah. hey, and hey, I don't care if the NCAA said, hey man, you I'm making you money. If if you want me to not play this season, hey, you better act like you better try to cover this up and you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel me? But it's just that, and I feel like that's what uh, sticks out. You know what I'm saying? Like these these athletes could they could go to HBCUs. That'd change the that'd break the whole, you know what I'm saying? NCAA down for what it is already. That'd re, uh, redistribute uh, financing, like all that, like all that. Yeah, and television. What'd you say, Cop? You go ahead. I said that's major. Um, major. Uh, getting into that topic, uh, you know, I feel like. You know, sports bring so much revenue in the schools, and if these top prospects start attending HBCUs, it could completely change uh, the entire narrative. HBCUs right. bigger than sports, you know what I'm saying? Bigger than sports. What much right. bigger than sports? Um, I commend the the young kid Mikey uh, out of uh, Los Angeles. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's speaking like he's before his uh, before his time. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Right. This is, a, this is a ninth grader saying that he's ready to change the narrative, and that, that's very important. Um, I feel like, we all, uh, my back, I no, didn't mean to cut you off. I can't see you here. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I was just saying how um, I feel like 
uh, it will bring more media attention. It will bring uh, more ticket sales. It, it will cause uh, just just the influx of how major players in the HBCUs that just completely change the landscape. Mm-hmm. And it needs to happen because um, it, it's about that time. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's under that all money in category. You know what I mean? We we have the power in the black community to to literally transform it ourselves. You know what I mean? So right. uh, that 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 is that would be a huge um, plus if if guys started doing that. I mean, all of us went to HBCUs in here, like every single one of us. I mean, me, Justin, and Chris went to Howard together, and Michael went to Morehouse. So, you know, yeah. all of us are speaking from experience. Like, I worked as a manager for the Howard basketball program. Cop played for the basketball, uh, basketball program. Chris has been in some games, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Micah has. But, you know, we go into HBCUs in major cities. We go into schools in Washington, D.C., where Georgetown used to boom for sports. We go into schools in Atlanta, where Atlanta was booming for football, basketball, you. basketball, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. so why shouldn't our schools be able to have, you know, if it literally takes one player. And me and Kai have talked about that. Me, Kai, and Chris, you know, we talked about this for years now. All it literally takes is one player. Like you said, if, you know, people like Zion don't come around often. But if a dude like even R.J. Barrett came to Howard, dominated the MEAC one year. Everybody would flood the MEAC to come see him. Like, they're still D1 schools, but I think where it starts for HBCUs are educating these athletes. Like, you know, I'm from the West Coast. People don't even really talk much about HBCUs out here, not just for sports, but for school in general. But, you know, the HBCUs have to actually throw out these offers and make real pitches. You know, I think back even like a few years ago, even last year, I think HBCUs have been scared to go after the large recruits, you know, just scared of rejection or just thinking like, you know, they're definitely going to go to Duke. They're definitely going to go to Kentucky. But our HBCUs, we got to do a better job at recruiting and recruiting hard, you know, and literally telling these players not shying away from the power that they can have as a black athlete at HBCU. You know, like we got to pitch them on the ability to make a change for the school. Like, you know, obviously we don't have the facilities, but that's yet. You know, you can be the first one. Yeah, I'm how would f- you feel if five yeah. years down the line, you know, you got A plus or or A rated facilities just because of what you did? You know, like yeah. the potential to make an impact at an HBCU is so much larger than yeah. you're the you're just the next big freshman at Kentucky. Oh, congrats! You know what I'm saying? Big. That's definitely a big step. You know, a big step to the NBA. Mm-hmm. But you're not really leaving a lasting impact there because they're just gonna replace you the next year. Yeah. You know, and even if HBCUs did that, we need it. Like, you know, Kentuckys, your Dukes, your North Carolinas, those are all regarded as elite institutions already. You know what I'm saying? Your UCLA's, your Arizona, Syracuse's, you got 40, 50,000 students going there um, and they're getting paid in the tuition pretty high. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At HBCU, you'll be one, like if Zion was the first to go to Howard, he'd be the first Zion there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Carl Anthony wasn't the first great Kentucky big man. You had Anthony Davis a few years before. Yeah. You know, like Zion wasn't the first great Duke player, but he would have been the first great Morehouse player. Yeah, so for he sure. Would have been, been the first. Like, he would have been the first great SWAC player. Yeah, he would have been the great MEAC player. I like, he's going to be on the team. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine Zion. You feel me? Like, what, nigga? Like, no. Nah. You don't have yeah. no choice, like, bro, the NCAA, like, all these uh, organizations, they don't have no choice but to fund, you know what I'm saying, throw more funding at HBCUs if this happening, you know what I'm saying? Because we're going to get the TV dollars, we're going to get the ad dollars, yeah. we're going to get everything like that. So they, it ain't going to do nothing but just build these campuses out. Like, there's no reason why, like, even our, even our arena 
like it's no reason why our arena is better than Howard's arena. You feel me? Like y'all shit should be because y'all got a bigger school. Y'all shit should be way bigger than our shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's different things that need to happen. And I would like to see these players start coming to HBCUs because one thing I can say that HBCU love lasts forever. You feel well, me? That's what that's what I'm saying, bro. You really <laughs> have to last forever. You, that's what I'm saying, bro. And I think one selling point is like, look. Like Mikey said, like, if you're a killer, bro, you're going to kill anywhere, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless, they'll find you. And especially with Ballist Life, Corsai Films, your tape is out on you. Everybody knows you're nice. You know, we know you're nice since you were a freshman in high school. So that one year of going to HBCU, like, dude, it's so much. Like, you get the experience of being in a place where you just will never, ever be again. You know you're going to leave. You're only going to be there one year. You might as well enjoy your time there. And then another thing kind of thinking selfishly as alumni, like it will just bring me more pride, you know, having these top tier black athletes come play at my alma mater. Like it will make me want to give more to the school. It will give me pride. And I think it will make a lot of people want to donate back. You know, yeah. you know, you hear about these white uh, schools and their endowment being a billion dollars and, you know, just crazy amounts of money. Like, Howard's endowment is trash. And it's because nobody gives back. And it's like, okay, pride. I feel like pride plays a role in that. Like, if your team is going out, going three and 25, or your football team is 0 and 10, like, what? Like, that's no pride. Like, that doesn't make me want to be involved in my school and give back. School, that sports brings a lot of money in, not just from, like, not just directly, but indirectly as well. So I think that's huge. This this, this is before you even start talking about just merch and stuff like that. You feel me? Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But and it will make people want to make more people want to go because you know people go to schools for um for their athletic programs, like some people really do. So it's like, you know, you got you going to HBCU, you're getting a great experience, great education, and got great sports. I'm definitely going. So you know, I think that's I think that would help all aspects. Huh? How you gonna roast our basketball and football team with their real records too? That's the sad part about it. Like you feel me? Chris <laughs> over here talking about zero and ten, but he's not exaggerating, bro. Or like no, bro. Nobody even goes to football games at all. You feel me? Like that's the real sad part about it. Like you would think Chris is just being dramatic. No, bro. Like my sophomore year, our football team won one game. You feel me? We lost our homecoming game type. You know, like last year, I think Howard won three games. In, in basketball this this past season so like he's not you know we're not making this stuff up you know like the school and the education is a great experience but if we did have <laughs> athletic programs to match it's like sheesh you know i don't i don't see why people will choose to go many other places honestly like besides yeah. the, if you had if the hbcu had all the same amenities as a pwi i mean it's just like why why wouldn't you you know What's the hold up? Now, 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 do you think do you think white people will want to start going to HBCUs if the top hey, athletes hey, start going to HBCUs? And now, see, now that's a whole nother discussion because what you gonna tell them they can't they can't no get reverse, in? Yeah, no reverse affirmative huh? action, bro. We need to put that into a law right now. None of that reversed affirmative action BS. You feel me? No, like y- y'all got your own <laughs> institutions. We got our we look, and I don't think there's anything wrong with having separate spaces like. Men need separate spaces from women sometimes. Black people need separate spaces from white people. Same for Hispanic people. Same for Asian people. Like, I think people grow better and learn better and are educated better when they're in communities where they feel comfortable. 
And, you know, mm -hmm. most times you feel comfortable around people that look like you. And, you know, that's not, there's no right racism toward any other race. It's just realistic. Like people grow in a community where they feel like they're at home and you feel at home next to people that look like you. So, you know, obviously I don't have a problem with, you know, uh, Caucasian people coming to Howard. There were some people there uh, that were Caucasian when we were there, you know, Asian people, Latino people. I don't have a problem with it. However, it still needs to be very much so a historically black college and university, you know, like yeah, hundred percent. The name HBCU has to be taken literal, because if not, it, it it makes us no different from most other universities. Work. Yeah. Yo, y'all still seeing this Zion image on here? I can't see though. <laughs> no, nah. nah, I can't. I can't hear you, Michael. I can't hear Mike either. Same. Uh oh, uh oh! All right, but we gotta keep it. Nah, look, bro, we gotta keep it going. We got, we got more topics on here. You know what I'm saying? Look, I gotta get Go back to working a little bit. <laughs> I can't oh, keep going right, too much right, longer. Hey, we <laughs> look, bro. We we gonna go. We gonna go out on one on one last topic, bro. We gonna go out on one last topic. Look, I'm about to right. Yo, top, top five current active shooting guards. That's where we're going. Current active shooting guys who starting it off. I'll start. I'll shit. I'll start. Yeah, I like it. that. I broke that shit down, bro. First, James Harden. If you count James Harden as a shooting guard, I'm gonna count him as a shooting yeah. guard on my list. James Harden, Brad Beal, number two. Devin Booker at my three. Then I'm gonna mm -hmm. say Donovan Mitchell, and I'm gonna say CJ McCollum. And then, and then for my sixth, my my special mention, I'm gonna say Zach Levine. Okay. And that's and that's you how I'm rocking. Have, you don't have Clay Thompson. Oh, yeah, I see. Mm. I might have been tripping a little bit. Yeah, I might have been tripping a little bit. I might have been tripping a little bit. If it's me, if it's me, I gotta go. Harden first. Um, Clay Thompson the two. Um, I'm going Brad Bill number three. I like Levine at the four spot. Hey, can y'all hear me? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like Levine is the top. Yeah, I can hear, we can hear you now, Mike. All right, just yeah, real quick. Talking about just, top just, five just, just the last one. I was about to wrap it up. Just just get y'all a list real quick, and we, we going to get up out of here. I think we already are. Yeah, we, right. we already are. We got yeah, right Um, I like... So I just uh, re reiterate for Micah. So I'm gonna go hard in that one. Uh, I like Clay Thompson at two. Mm -hmm. I like Brad Bill at three. Uh, for my dark horse, I like Levine at four. Levine, I'm a big fan of Levine. Uh, I feel like he got a lot of. He averaged 25 points a year this this year. That's what I'm saying, bro. He's a pure bucket. He don't have a system. Um, and then I and then I'm going. I like D Mitchell five. Uh, yeah. I feel like. CJ McCollum is six right now. Uh, he, I feel like he's been very quiet these last couple of years. I mean, he's living on reputation at this point with me. Um, yeah. His numbers have been down. I mean, shit, his rating is an 84 on 2K now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, I'm uh, but that's that's my that's my list right now. But who, uh, Nate? You got your list right? Nah, Chris did. Chris got your list. All right, Nate, get your list. I'm gonna get mine, and we about to. All right, I'm gonna go Jay Hard number one. Gotta go Clay Thompson number two. Gotta go Bradley Beal number three. Right now, 
honestly, is Jimmy Butler? Do you guys consider Jimmy Butler a two guard? Yeah, he a two. But I, what I was doing, I was doing current active. But it, it's cool. Though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Then I probably put him right behind Bradley Beal mm-hmm. at that four spot. And then I'm gonna go Donovan Mitchell, bro. You feel me? Him, his three years in the league are better than the guys behind him that I yeah. would say, like Devin Booker. I'd say Devin Booker, then I'd say CJ, and then I'd say Zach Levine. Because Zach Levine, he get buckets, but, you know, a lot of dudes get buckets, and his teams have been bad every time he's been on one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I got to put D. Mitch on it, because I've seen what he could do even in a playoff situation. You feel mm-hmm. me? At a young age, like, he got that freak athleticism. He got that grit. You know what I'm saying? Zach Levine got the grit, too. And that's not – that's no – obviously, he got the bounce. But you feel me? Donovan Mitchell is strong, though. Yeah. I mean, Donovan it just, it's just it's just I feel like uh, Levine he hasn't had the best team situations either since he's been in the league. Nah, he hasn't. Nah, those are trash. Those are terrible. Minnesota, and he averaged twenty a dub a game his second year in the league. He, in yeah. the first year was around seventeen, and that was with Cat and uh, Cat and who else was with them at the time? Uh, was he there? Andrew Wiggins. You know what I'm saying? Himself in the pack, so. I don't know. I feel like Levine is just. A, I, I just personally fuck with his game. Heavy. What Six, about seven. D Booker though? You got him like, over D Book. I like him over D Book just because uh, I feel like he's a pure bucket, but his athleticism is much higher than D Book. It is. Yes, yeah, true. But he ain't a better. He ain't a better buck than D Book. He ain't a better bucket though. He's not a better bucket, but he's a bucket. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for how skilled he actually is. He is a bucket. He is a bucket. Um, you know what I'm saying? He can shoot three. But a but I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did leave D book off, but I mean, I'm personally, I like, I put D book like off my top six five. Five. Uh, over McCollum. I give him that number six spot, but uh, that's just me personally. But I'm gonna give my list. I, I would, you know, Clay would be on here number one if he was healthy, but I ain't want to, you know what I'm saying? But I, I got number one, I'm going Bill, you know what I'm saying, just off the season. He have, and he have, he holding the, the Wizards down, you feel me? And he been just, been add them numbers up, so I, I give them that. I'm going Bill one, Harden two, just cause I mean, with Harden like we we didn't seen it before, bro. Like we didn't seen it. Like we're, we're like, what else you gonna do, bro? Like I I need Harden to win now for him to get that number one spot. You gotta win some shit. Now, Bradley bro. Bill not winning. That's cool, but he he ain't got the pieces to win. You know what I'm saying? You like, know, the Wizards ain't got the pieces for them. Yeah. Well, okay, I know the, but uh, still, not, but like, he's not, he not Jay Harden. No. He's he not, not Jay Harden. Jay Harden, Jay Harden. Oh, I don't know, 36, 37 a game. You got to think like oh, this. I got Jay Harden. I'm not arguing this. Yeah, this, this is personal preference. <laughs> I feel you. Like, yeah, if it's like Harden or Bill one on one, you may want to go with Harden. You feel me? I feel it. Mm-hmm. But I got um, Bill Harden. I got PG three. And I got him so low just because, I mean, you ain't, you ain't really, you know what I'm saying? You, you, really, you got Pete putting PG in that small four. Okay? He ain't no, he a small four. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he can play, play the two for Clippers. Sure. Right. We, could put him, we could put him at the, at the three. He'll forward. I think he'll forward. I yeah. feel like he just, yeah. his height is forward height. He's he a shooter. Yeah, he's more. I guess, he's I more guess, two and three than he is three and four. Yeah, I guess. That. I guess for they lineup, you yeah. do gotta see it because they they run um Harrow at the five, I probably mm-hmm. Kawhi at the four, PG at the three, Lou at the two, and Pat at the one. Now, our starting lineup is mm-hmm. Zubach, Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, Pat, uh, Paul 
George and Patrick Bev. So in our starting lineup, he do play the two. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm a, I got I got him. If that's the case, and I got him after Harden, then I got Donovan Mitchell, I got Butler, D Book, and McCullough. See, that's not a bad. So, that's not so a bad. okay, so this, so I, so I saw Nate and and Kai. Y'all put Clay on your list, right? And I think, yeah, well, yeah. if he was healthy, if he was healthy, yeah, he'd probably be on my list. But I don't think he would be I as high as two. I, I, I wouldn't have. Him. Yeah, so I, but I, I wouldn't have him at two. I honestly think Clay's overrated. He's overrated. Look, he's not consistent. Look, I'm not gonna lie. He's not consistent. He's not consistent. He look, 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 look. He has great games. He has great games. He has great moments. But all together, bro, if you put him on a team by himself, they're not going nowhere. They're not going I mean, anywhere. Not, you can't win with him. You can't win with him as a number one option. But hold you, up, but like you can never win with him. But Chris, that's your argument. But the two no, and I'm just saying he's just not as consistent. Bradley like he'll, Bradley he'll, he'll, he'll and Zach Levine not winning either. You feel me? They're well, I'm not putting good, him. I'm not putting Zach not Levine. Winning, yeah, but I'm not putting Zach Levine before Clay Thompson. But you're talking about shooting guard position. You don't have to give you don't have to get buckets by, by dribbling as a shooting guard. Like he's no, I, under, I understand that, but he's streaky. He's streaky. I, I wouldn't agree to say I feel like his the fact that he checks the best wing on every team and every is a team. top three shooter of all time alone gives him yeah. number two spot. Yeah, uh every say that they're checking the best player on the up opposite side of the ball. Clay has taken that role since he's been with um uh, go to state now. I do agree. I, I don't know if I fully agree with you as far as he couldn't lead the team by himself because we've never seen Clay by himself. Yeah, so, we, yeah. we've never seen him. I thought it's kind of unfair to automatically rule him out and say that he couldn't do it because you never know. He could expand his game if he had to yeah. had to do like Clay is a I, six seven with with a burner. You know what I'm saying? So hey, we gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. Yeah, 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 but no, nah, no, I man, we we definitely gonna get into that next week just because Clay overrated, nigga. What we we gotta talk about that? That's gonna that's gonna be the first topic, bro. We gotta lead in with that. But uh, man, like I said, I appreciate all y'all for coming in, tapping in with me today, man. Is there anything else y'all want to say before I get to paying these last little bills and we get out of here? Man, much love, Micah and friends. You know, what I'm saying we yeah. back at it for another week. Appreciate you for having me on, always, bro. You for sure, you know. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on, bro. This was a good time. Uh, good time. Good conversation. Yeah. Shout y'all, uh, y'all IGs out. Hey, man. I'm making prodigy. JC, follow me. All real content. Appreciate y'all, man. Blessings to all. For sure. Follow me on the IG at more Nate with two O's. More Nate. You know what I'm saying? Just follow me. Fuck with the journey, bro. And follow me, Russell for 10. Russ. Tofer underscore <laughs> Rusty. Rusty. So, Rusty. So, man. But, no, nah, like I said, man, we going to pay them bills. And like I said, again, I appreciate y'all coming in this week and tuning in with me. Uh, we we definitely we going to run this exact one back next week, though, because it's, it's so much good stuff we ain't get to that we need to. But, um, man, like I said, um, small businesses, big businesses, make sure y'all go check out the Grind Magazine, man. That can give you the right uh, marketing and promo like that for your company and everything. Uh, make sure you go check out the sports page, National Sports Chat. Go over there, check us out on IG, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. It's YouTube, Spotify, everywhere. That's how these episodes will be dropped. Make sure y'all uh, go check out TOV. This whole production is powered by TOV. 
Um, man, shit, just Mike and friends, man. To make sure y'all keep tapping in with us, we gonna keep tapping in with y'all. I don't have nothing else. Like I said, man, I appreciate Chris, Jay, Cotton, Nate. I appreciate all y'all for tapping in, and we gonna run this exact one back next week. And if uh, nobody else got nothing to say, man, we up out of here. Yes, sir. Yeah. What's going on, Dan? Episode five. Yeah, we about it. Yes, sir. Do this shit easy. You can't try too hard. You know what I'm saying? Gotta be in. Not on. Yeah, I can't help it that I do it with ease. Try to fridge your lust and for breeze. Change on my neck and it look like the seed. Dirt in my pan and my shit like disease. Bad, but I got her on her knees. I tell that nigga to Christopher Reed. Yeah, nigga, I do it with ease. Fucked it too hard and I pulled out a weed. Yeah, nigga, I do it with ease. I make this shit look easy. I just go get the cheese. All of these niggas, they cheesy. I can tell she wanna please. Ooh, dripping on them like I'm bleeding. My whip pull up in it, this ain't color seam. Shotty got a fat and I serene. I do what I want cause I'm living single I stack them chips up till I bring it Follow one, I back out of arena I got the bag in the truck like a bingo Nigga, I always win like a casino Ooh, I want the casino She want me fuck run the back for my single Diamond hitting like I eating a Tina Ay, ay, how you do that? Came in for that, now I got all of that Fuckin' that hoe, I ain't callin' back I remember seven grand, that with a starter pack Now I got sick bitches on a party pack All I do is sit drawers and rap All I do is spin the doors and sacks Stack up the hundreds, stack up the fifties I want it all, ooh, buy me a pint I bought the seal, I know it raw Ooh, she eat it up, she eat it up It's all in the jaw, ooh, how you do that? I got the second, you fun with the ball I can't help it that I do it with ease Try to fret your life some Febreze Check on my neck and it look like the seas Dead in my pan and my shit like disease Bad, but I got her on her knees I turn that nigga to Christopher Reeve Yeah, nigga, I do it with ease Fucked her too hard and I bought out a weed Yeah, nigga, I do it with ease I make this shit look easy I just go get the cheese All of these niggas, they cheesy I can tell she wanna please me. Ooh, trippin' on them like I'm bleeding. My whip pull up in it, this ain't color seam. Shawty got a fat and like serene. Drip, drip, ooh, shawty judge like the same. Frack, frack, pull up and spray like they paint. I really do what you can't. Divide in my house and it look like a bank. I make the chopper seem like it taint. You think that bitch bad, but she ain't. Coolin', smokin'. I let your bitch roll it for me. Every day I be dead fresh. I be feeling like a ceremony. I ain't gotta check these bitches, they on me. I want a thick girl, nothing bony. I put the dick on, I got a moan. Still up counting money, season the moan. I got these dead guys on me just like they hunt. Hundred thousand on me like I was hunting. Hood rich, came from nothing to something. Hood wolf on, play about the money. Nah, no, we don't play about the money. We do not play about that money. I just spent 15,000, it's only Monday. Put it in her face, she see when I'm coming. I can't help it that I do it with ease. Try to Fred, you like some Febreze. Check on my neck and it look like the seed. Dead in my pan and my shit like disease. Bad, but I got her on her knees. I turn that nigga to Christopher Reed. Yeah, nigga, I do it with ease. Fucked her too hard and I bought out a weed. Yeah, nigga, I do it with ease. I make this shit look easy. I just go get the cheese. All of these niggas, they cheesy. I can tell she wanna please. Ooh, tripping on them like I'm bleeding. My whip pull up in it, this ain't color seam. Shawty got a fat and I serene.